It's the beginning of a new year. And what that means is only one thing here at Talking Schmidt. I'm on cranny time. So I reach out to my good friend, Alexander Horn, and I say, Alex, let's get this guy from San Diego. That's a good friend of yours and mine on the show to start it off. He's like, dude, no problem. <clears throat> and there was no problem uh, today. Ooh, just got a text from Cranny. Can we do it through my phone? I think you can. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, today I'm excited, not only because I got this heated wheel package. Thank you, Ed Dominic, Neil Blender. Ba-boom, heatedwheel.com. But today on the program is the good homie, Danny DeCola. I'm psyched. What a better way to get me fucking out of this post-COVID depression and into the new year swinging. We're going to talk skateboarding, surfing, art, music, homies. Who knows what else? We got the Cran Man involved, cameo appearance. Never know what's going to happen here on Talking Schmidt. Sorry, I got a little bit of uh, in me, so I'm sounding a little New Yorkish. Hey, what's going on out? And that's not even it. But uh, anyway, the nasalness is just because <coughs> we all got it right. We either had it, we're having it, or we're about to get it. So without further ado, wait, there's more. You know, sometimes when I'm home alone with my little girl, I like to play skate trivia. It's the only time I usually win. This week on the pod, we're giving away a complete game of Skate Trivia, Volume 1. It's packed with 250 questions in five different categories. All right, kids. So here's the question. And you email the answer to talkingschmidt at gmail.com. I will pick a winner next week right here on the show. So the question is this. As of 2020, which skateboard legend has had the cover of Thrasher magazine nine times? Which legend has had the Thrasher magazine cover nine times? Email your answer to talkingschmidt at gmail.com. Include your address and you may just have a game coming to you in the mail. Thank you, Gordon Eckler and the good people at Skate Trivia. It's 
and tickety tack wise, those boys at Blood Wizard are back supporting the podcast that Tim McKenney says is on the forefront of potting underground podcasts like in hip hop. Respect. Head on down to your local shop. Ask Blood Wizard Skateboards. Or visit BloodWizard.com. This podcast has been brought to you by Phil's Coffee. They're the ones that give me my greater alarm every morning and get those morning vibes out to you each morning on Instagram. Thank you, Phil's. Now let's see what we can do. We got three of us. And away we go. Uh, This is Danny Nicola, and you're watching Talking Schmidt. Holy cannoli. It's cool. Like, tonight is the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big dog's in. Do we really want to be here? Oh, everything's changed. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. Talking Schmidt, dude. <laughs> You're going to come out different. Beta play. <laughs> shit my pants, blood. Your rubber decks is fucking deep. Holy shit. It's about the ones. The ones. The ones. Who is this guy? He thinks he's tough shit. What's up? Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Tell the skateboard police to come get me. What is happening? I'm here for Greg's list. Yeah! 2022 is underway and we have our first guest of the year. This guy's a top shelfer when it comes to genuine all-around kick-ass human beings. Been waiting for this for quite some time now. He's got styles for miles and to introduce him, I'm going to pass the mic over to my good homie, friend of the show, who's here for his third time. This is the pickle lover, the one and only cherry soda drinking, Alexander Horn. Cranny, tell him who we got. Uh, today we are working with uh, the kind-hearted, multi-talented, one of my best friends and genuine human beings I will ever meet, and you will too, if you have the pleasure of him gracing your home, your backyard pool, mini ramp, ditch, or... Sandy motherfucking beast getting the tubes in Northern California's area of San Diego, which is Southern California, but it is North County. Danny DeCola. This message has been brought to you by Chicken Sauce from Sweet Baby Ray's. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? Good, man. Good. Very good. Well, Cranny is going to probably be an hour late and then his thing won't work. We should have said, let's go at 11. So we'd have it now. You know, <laughs> I didn't think about that. Oh man, What have you been doing? Just been hanging out, skating, being a dad, shaving surfboards, making fans. And yeah, for the most part, just being a stay at home dad. Okay. And just hanging out with my daughter, June. She's four <laughs> years old. Four, fuck. Yeah. Has the COVID affected you at all as far as like going out and stuff or you guys? Yeah, well, my Laura, she's a nurse. Mm. So she's dealing with it head on. Oh, so, is she in the hospital? Yeah, she's there right now. So Whoa. everything's crazy still. Yeah, she's sometimes she has to go to the COVID unit, deal with COVID stuff. And yeah, it's oh. crazy. Yeah, I mean, me personally, being like a loner <laughs> it hasn't really affected me that much like i skate with austin and we go and try to film shit uh-huh. i don't i don't go out you know i mean that's what i've missed out on probably just like whatever birthday parties and stuff like that right but 
whatever. Well, let's start with just some of the basic stuff while we're waiting for Cranny, because uh, yeah. there's some stuff that we don't n- need him for for sure. Um, what's your coffee situation these days? Are you are you into coffee? Uh, I make coffee every night, so it's ready in the morning. Enjoying my coffee. What, how do you drink it? Black? You add a little? I I, I have sugar and and um, soy milk, so it's heavily sugared and heavily creamed. It's kind of gnarly, but I'm, I'm addicted. So I, I know that you're probably just jet fuel black, but <laughs> I, I got to have some sugar and cream. I put just a little cream because I got into I, I, I'm trying hard to like keep this old body as good as it can be. So I've been trying not to like do dairy and like sugar and stuff like that. But I do love a little discolor. Like if it's black, you're right. It is. And it's the first thing you put in your stomach. So it's an empty stomach. You're like, ooh. Yeah. But there's just a little. Uh, I like coconut milk or uh, almond milk in mine. And then. Yeah. Um, but it's essential for me. Are you are you uh, functional if you don't have coffee? Yeah, I just think I think it's just it's it's been I'll get weird um, <laughs> symptoms <laughs> if oh. I don't have it. You know, I'll get like a headache. Like headache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, my wife always says she doesn't want to talk to me till after I have my coffee in the morning. <laughs> See, yeah, I'm probably like that too. I'm actually definitely like that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, if we're like going on a trip or something, I'm like, we need to get coffee first, right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, the dri- all the drive through Starbucks and crazy. Yeah. Uh, so where were you? Were you born and raised down there? I was born and raised in Lucadia. Yeah, it's like Encinitas, California. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Encinitas, California, it's a little Lucadia town, surf town. Yeah, I just grew up by the beach. And uh, well, going back, my dad moved to Lucadia. He's from New Jersey. He's a surfer, and he wanted to, you know, surf. So he moved to Lucadia. Um, Stop it, buddy! I got my little crazy dog in here. So your dad was into surfing. He moved yeah. down there and had Jersey- you. And then that influence got you into surfing like right out of the gate or. Yeah. Well, he, he moved to Lacadia and he got, he got a job at this place called Kino's Captain Kino's. You've heard of that. Is that the restaurant? Yeah. It's like a bar yeah. restaurant. I it looks like well, it should be on like the Oregon coast. I, I got a good story for that place. I, yeah. You were with us, right? Wasn't it the night we got, we went there and then packed no, up we went to... left in the middle of dinner. <laughs> no, we went, yeah, we went to a restaurant that's owned by the same owner, Jerry oh, like okay. in Carlsbad though. It's like, it was like the Kino's of Carlsbad. I think it was called okay. Coco, Coco beach. Okay. Yeah. That maybe that's it. It, it was very similar to Kino's <laughs> similar menu, similar seating, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rad. <laughs> but yeah, that place, my dad got a job there and um, my mom was working across the parking lot as a, at a little flower stand. And I guess she would just, like deliver flowers on her skateboard or whatever, you know, like seventies. Oh, um, so they met. That's all. That's why I'm here. Okay. And then how early are you st- surfing came first before skateboarding for you? Yeah. Cause, cause we lived really close to the beach. Uh-huh. Um, obviously much cheaper back then. And uh, yeah, I would just, me and my, my older brother, I would just follow what he did. And we were always at the beach. You know, like we, right. we would put it on our wetsuits in the morning, uh, just eat donuts and get 
go down to the beach and then just come back in our wetsuits, eat lunch and just walk back. Like we were just little just sand, just covered in sand, you know, like <laughs> Dude, just having it able to access like that is fucking kick ass. Yeah. Uh, when did you get the skateboard bug? Oh, I got the skateboard bug when I was just chilling in my cul-de-sac looking out across the street is this apartment complex. And there was these guys that I don't know if it was an abandoned complex or if they were building it, but they had taken it. These skateboarders have taken it over and there's had it all spray painted. And there's a wall ride built against a wall. Everything was tagged up. And like, this was like the late eighties. And like, I just remember everything just being so vibrant and colorful skateboards the stickers like everything so i was just it was like toys you know yeah so the neighborhood people just had you know skateboards laying around so i'd stand on them stuff like that so i don't remember when i like first started skateboarding but it was just oh, i was surrounded by it so uh-huh what were do you remember early influences <laughs> like did you get sims wheels or rat bones or like oh uh, like oh uh, like slime balls and stuff like that uh-huh yeah a lot of hand-me-down stuff a lot of hand-me-down uh, stuff from your brother, from my brother. And, and yeah, my, my neighbor's older brother, but the trucks that had the, I think they were going, they yeah, had the little the like notch, the notch in it. I remember the green ones of those like slime balls uh-huh. and just like, I don't know, just the colors of the stickers were so cool. Like early nineties, like so colorful. I wish I had those stickers. Was there like early on when you started to get kind of like, more into it did was there an impact like a magazine or a video or an in-person thing where you saw somebody that you're like holy shit these guys can like taking it to another level the ymca so we had the y so we would go to the ymca and there's this big blue vert ramp i don't know if you remember that but yeah it was halfway bold in yep called like light blue color so we would go up there and just watch tony hawk mike mcgill like all, all the, the pros at the time that were the hot pros. Uh-huh. So yeah. Hewitt like, would cool. skate there, right? Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah. Yeah. I, he, I yeah. He, he would, he definitely would grind off that hip there, uh-huh. <laughs> but I was, I remember like, uh, like Kevin Staub cause he dressed in cra- he wore crazy stuff. So I remember that. Right. And I just remember like getting Tony Hawk and Mike McGill's autograph, you know, and stuff like that. Like wow. the early nineties. So they were there on fire. Like I thought Mike McGill was the best skateboarder in the world because he did the McTwist. Right. You know, <laughs> that was the best thing you could do. Right. Like, yeah. How early, how early were you watching people and kind of acknowledging what style was? Um, like that came way, way later. That's, that when, came, you that knew, come that's until, when you like, knew Mike McGill wasn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, who's that weird Peter Hewitt guy not doing any tricks. <laughs> no i didn't i didn't have any concept of style until like junior high when i got called out for pushing mongo oh and I, so i was pushing mongo my whole life you know like not knowing anything you know about it uh-huh so i, I think i i think i had okay style but i just didn't know what was up didn't know right. what was bad you know so um like i would like ollie 10 stairs pushing mongo and stuff uh-huh. shocking you know um, but yeah, like I, I grew up skating with like Ryan Bobier and a lot of Encinitas guys. And he, he he's the one that's like, yo, <laughs> you got to push with your back foot. Uh-huh. It's interesting to me. Cause when I go down to visit you guys, I just see all the 
you know, the stuff that like, there's just so much like, you know, uh, I remember the first time we went to San Diego, P-Stone just took me on the San Diego, like, I got to take you on the tour. And we went straight to the leap of faith. <laughs> like, he's like, here's the leap of faith. You know, like it was sick, though. It was kind of like being a tourist and seeing the skate spots. And there's so much down there, like in that area to see, yeah. like, oh, Donger did this or whatever. Yeah. Uh, when did you Hensley. end up? Yeah, Hensley. I'm in like, the area where Hensley just did everything. Okay. So. Right. Uh, when did you end up meeting Cranny? I didn't meet Cranny until um, I was, I mean, I may have probably skated with him places and not in, ran into him or whatever, but um, skating this pool in Hamul, really good pool. And um, I was just skating with Mumford. I, I would go out with Mumford and, and Rhino a lot when I first started hanging out with Mumford. But anyway, yes, met up with uh, Hewitt and Cranny. And this dude, Cranny was nuts, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, your... you have to hike up to get to the pool uh-huh. and he went there like sat down like getting ready with his kit you know and he's like oh forgot something you like forgot papers you know like went down like hike all the way back down get papers like oh <laughs> no like brought his lighter and just you know it was classic cranny first time i met him i have two eighth grade diplomas after that it was probably like a couple weeks later he just like hit me up about oj because he was the becoming the TM at OJ. Uh-huh. And then we, that was, yeah. The rest oh, was okay. Oh, okay. So you haven't known him that long. I, I haven't known him. I, st- I to started him, like, I don't know, like 15 years I've known him now. Right. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, I think I met him in 2004, I'm pretty sure. So I was like eight, something like that. Huh, that's you have cool. hair? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I met him on a Vox trip. So it was like that era. Okay, cool. Like we went to, we might went to Orcas Island or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think it was with Ed Dominic, like, and Shakas and, and Pete and Darren and Dan and all of them. Yeah. It was like good crew, like E-Man, all of them. And like, I remember just being so stoked to be on the trip because I didn't know, I met Darren. I had met Pete before, but that's where I like officially met Pete and became friends kind of. But so all those guys were kind of like a little click and I was like met them all and they all loved your hobo and I was good friends with him. So I got to go on the trip and then it was just like we bonded and we've been bros ever since. Like, just cool. so yeah, it's been super good. Uh, yeah. What was some of the uh, early highlights for you? Like before you like got sponsored and stuff like did you? Did you enter any contests or did you I, go to any demos or see? I did contests. I, I did contests in like uh, eighth grade, mm. seventh grade. Yeah, I was like seventh grade. And I, I did well, you know, but I was in like the unsponsored divisions and like Marius and Wes, they were in the like the sponsored divisions. Uh-huh. So I was like below, I was below their division. So I would do like, okay, I would do good. But if I was in their division, I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? So I yeah. was like. I don't know. It was it was cool. Marius and Wes have been good forever, huh? Oh, forever. <laughs> they were yeah, attached to the hip since forever. Rad. Just two little like bright toehead kids, like always together. It's amazing they they're still just the homies. Uh-huh. And what's what's the surfing like um as a kid? Are you surfing a lot? Like or once you once you start skating, did you kind of 
put surfing aside or are you kind of doing it equally? Totally put, put it aside. Oh yeah. Like it was, it was just weird. I'd go through so many phases like surfing only everything else sucks. Uh -huh. And then just surfing sucks. Skating's the best. And then, you know, like BMX, nothing else. And then seriously, not until I started hanging out with Cranny, huh. I started surfing again, like openly. Oh, really? <laughs> not like closet surfing, you know, hiding <laughs> it from the skate scene. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, he took us all to Hawaii on an OJ trip. Oh. It was a heavy trip. But um, and you didn't know I surfed. Of and we oh, had really? an outfit like sunset beach so there was like waves everywhere and he saw me surf and was like all stoked you know and then like we started surfing after the trip and like i, I don't know i just got was it he got me back into surfing was that the one with you and no this was this was this before was before that, that. it okay. was before that it was it was this is a gnarly trip dude it was like me navarette was on the trip like he's doesn't ride for OJ, <laughs> but you know how Cranny does it. Yeah. And then uh, it was um. All right, let's see here. Cody Boat, <laughs> Sid Melvin, oh shit, Cooper Wilt, Neil Headings, oh Dwayne Peters, <laughs> and like uh, we met up with like the Montez brothers that that live in Hawaii. Right. Um, I want to say that's everyone on the trip including in uh swift a swift one swift shot. so it was just okay. the craziest mix up of people whoa this cranny is texting how did you get your first free wheel or board or whatever like um uh i think it was it was either arcade or 16 mm. remember 16 yeah oh they, was sheckler on 16 Probably. Yeah, I think Thank so. you was on it. Um, right. Yeah. Jimmy Asselford, a lot of, a lot of, um, Jared Bassett. Okay. They were giving of, you stuff. What's up? They were giving you stuff. Yeah. They were giving me stuff. It was a local kind of company around here. So they were giving me stuff. <clears throat> and then arcade was after that. I was getting boards from arcade. And then that, and then slave after that. And then nothing forever. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I tried so hard to get sponsored. Like, I mean, it was, it was a struggle for years and years and years. Like I didn't know what to do. Like I'd make footy tapes and send them out. It's actually getting boards from consolidated for a minute there. Um, just through, um, friends, <clears throat> but yeah, dude, I tried all the wrong ways to get sponsored. <laughs> oh, really? Like, I would just barge in contests and get kicked <laughs> out. Like, the announcer would just, like, make a fool out of me and just... I would... Dude, I I, I uh, took the train down to the ASR trade show with uh -huh. a backpack full of VHS tapes <laughs> and broke in, used my friend's, like, band pass to get in. And then I was like, this is it. I'm going to give out my VHS tapes. And I get in there. First thing I see is a mini ramp just hop on that thing and then the announcer is like what's up this ain't the this ain't the surf go over to the billabong tent bro <laughs> oh, and that was like a time where i was really anti-surf and i was so bummed ruined my whole trip but oh. the announcer before cranny gets on here is uh was uh, uh oj oscar jordan oh i remember that but yeah yeah he's been known to be a little harsh i was so bummed dude i was so devastated 
Damn. <laughs> and then other shit, dude. Just like skating barefoot at contests and. <laughs> <laughs> you learn what not to do by making those mistakes. Yeah, yeah. All, I mean, all I had to do was just skate. Yeah. Really. What do you have an ideal wheelbase? Wheelbase? Yeah. I'm um, just. I just recently started tripping out on that stuff. Yeah. I guess 14 and a half is what I usually ride. You like that? So anything around there, I'm, I mean, I, I just started measuring wheelbases recently. I'm like, oh, this one's 15 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So now that it's in my brain, I'm screwed. Okay. Like I like stand on boards and like, oh, does this feel good? Does yeah. This better. Yeah. I feel like that's how Jehovah got. He, he wanted, I think, a shorter wheelbase. But yeah. he really knew in his mind, like what he need, like we're going to make this and this yeah. is going to, and why it works better and all that stuff. You have a favorite wheel from yesteryear? Like those, the like where you, if you see a Kryptonic or a fucking OJ one or something like what? what, what? Um, I just, I, I remember slime balls, slime balls. That was, those are, that was like old nineties company, right? Yeah. I was out at Santa Cruz. It was the same thing. It was like, uh, Oh yeah, that's uh, right. OJ slime balls. Uh, they had rockets. I forget what else they had. But they had yeah. a bunch. Yep. Slime balls. I think they tried to bring it back recently, maybe. Yeah, because I remember I got an OJ box and there was there was actually a set of slime balls in there. I was super stoked. Huh. <laughs> um but yeah, dude, back to the back to like the highlight thing that you asked about. Yeah. I got a the first time I was ever in a magazine was it was at a premiere after party, a zero premiere. Remember there's a zero premiere that just like everyone went, there's a riot basically. Uh huh. I was in a magazine. I've been trying to track it down forever. Um, but there's a photo of Ali Bulala throwing up, puking, you know, sitting on top of the dumpster, just like puking directly over me. I'm underneath. Oh, what? Like 14 year old me. What? And I, was like, I want to say his big brother or something or slap. Uh, I just been searching the net. I, I asked Jamie about it. Like, he doesn't know what magazine it is. Uh, uh-huh. I'll find it one day, but. Well, you could just figure out the year of the premiere. I, I do. I figured out the year and I typed it all in. But oh, maybe man. it's a magazine I haven't tried yet, but I, I searched. Right. Oh, even well, someone like that does that. Like they they find old stuff. I hit him up about it on, on Instagram and he he couldn't find it. <laughs> oh, really? But, yeah, I, would, I bet it was Big Brother and I bet it was around a month to maybe two to three months after the premiere date is what okay. I would, I would bet. That's my research to do. Cause it would take a little time for them. You know, usually those kind of photos though, they were more timely cause they're just a quick in, in, insert in the back. So it could have been like the month after the premiere. Okay. But I would just check those three mags that came yeah. out. Like let's say the premiere was 2005 December, just go January, February, March issues or something. That brings me to uh, the steak dinner I owe you. It's kind of yeah, the same, same vein. Hey, if you find that photo, steak <laughs> dinner's canceled. You don't owe me a steak dinner anymore. How about that? <laughs> okay, I'll find it. The, we, we went on a trip and uh, Joe Brooke actually, I think he just got super sick or something. He didn't go. So we got to, we got to take Big Blue and uh, we, I packed the whole back of the van with uh, old slaps and old Thrasher magazines and boxes. And I said, in one magazine, out of all these magazines, there is a photo of me. And whoever finds that photo gets a steak dinner on me. 
and it you found it about southern oregon right it was like it was, it was days ten, in yeah it, it was, was probably, i think it might have been right around the catamaran day dude i think so which was also the greatest hall of meat of all time <laughs> the whole oj team hall of meat <laughs> holy shit what a funny sh- dude oh my gosh hall of meat the whole oj team <laughs> I've never been uh, contacted by like like NBC, like wacky sports or whatever those shows yeah. are, except for for that one. They're like, how can we buy that footage? Like mm-hmm. it was insane. Dude, that was the craziest one. What happens? What's the origin story with Slave? The thing with Slave was basically just me just still like just trying really hard to get sponsored. And at this time I had gotten into draining pools and skating pools. And um, Matt Mumford was a local, you know, Encinitas right. forever. Um, so I would see him at the bar all the time. And I always, like, we would make drunken promises to go skate, you know, and, like, wouldn't hear from him, you know. Uh-huh. And then, like, one, one time I was just like, all right, I got to give up some of my pools to, to hang out with these guys, you know. So I, I told him I had pools, man. And, like, that's basically what that's what sparked it is just find like finding my own pools <clears throat> and inviting them to go. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden I'm cool now, <laughs> you know, like ah. they actually want to go with me, but um, yeah, man, shit. It was still a struggle then, but I had, I had a pool that was really good. I don't want to name drop all, all day long, but it was like, I think it was like Rhino and Hewitt. And at the time, those three like Mumford and Rhino and, and Peter, they're all skating together. So it was good timing for me to get in there and like hmm. skate with Rhino a bunch directly after that. Like, right. So, I mean, it, it's really, for me, it's just pure luck just in who, you know? Yeah. I mean, it takes a little bit of all of it. I always say, I mean, you can't just be a fucking doofus and like meet somebody important. Like, Jamie Thomas, for example, he probably knows a lot of people that aren't hooked up. You know what I oh mean? Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's like, I, I mean, you have to give yourself some credit. It's easy for you to be passive and say like, oh, it's just the right place at the right time. But like you had to have had something that was like somebody sees it in you and you're like, that is like, I want that. Or like we need that with us or whatever it is, you know, I mean, it's always like. You know, you see Winkowski and you're like, hmm, this guy's got something here. And then mm-hmm. Cranny will start telling yeah. you these stories and all uh-huh. of a sudden he's just in the van and he's on trips and it's all. No, dude, so. no, it's not for me. I'm no, I'm no Winkowski. I just think that uh, I had, I, I just was just blessed, lucky. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not like the, I don't know. Winkowski's both, you know, he's the most incredible skateboarder and he's a cool person. Right. Right place, right time, man. I disagree with you. Well, I'm going to bring in somebody that might agree with me. Okay. Uh-oh, no reception. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Oh. This is heavy. Oh, yeah. This is like I just fucked up my finger face. Heavy duty with the fucking sweet baby race. Come on. Are you start? Have you started the podcast yet? Oh, yeah. We're like six hours in. We were almost no. finished. Yeah. Wait, for real? Yeah. <laughs> we started at 10 a.m. and we knew, like, we're like, okay. I had to get my juice. Okay. I, to, I made tortilla soup the other day, so I had to get that cracker. And then I had my veggie patties here. Dude, good um, to see you, babe. Sweet Mashed baby potatoes. Rays. 
Good to see you too. And Danny, I can't see Danny. I can hear him though. Oh, really? Hmm. I can see him good. You should just open my... your open your screen more, maybe. It... Oh, hey, oh, there we go. Hey, you talking now to me? I got everybody. There's Donnie. He's in a sauna. Donnie is in a sauna. <laughs> he's built a sauna. <laughs> he's testing it out. But I was always interested. How did you find these pools and ditches? Like when we go down there, you've got some remote ditches that are fucking pretty bitching. And like, are you just are, is that kind of part of your deal? Do you just go on journeys and look for that shit? Like um, you have no. that technique or what? A lot of it's satellite imagery. Uh, but right. There wasn't really that when I was starting. So I was already kind of like looking at abandoned places for pools and a lot of for sale signs are, you know, interesting. If you see a house for sale, no one's living there. Right. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of just like just foreclosures, you pools that lasted for a week, you know, and then other ones I had for years. So. What is uh, looking over? This may be a tough question. I know you've scared a lot, but like, is there one ditch that sticks out as your all time favorite? You can it's, say Wallace. It's got to be Sano, Sano Lands, the Cardiff Ditch. Ah. You know, has the okay. pipe going across. Yeah, yeah. The one Riley, it, like, he yeah, didn't he go one. across the whole thing. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's my that, favorite ditch, too. Like, okay. my, my mom and dad used to go in the tunnel that went under the freeway. Oh, there. really? I guess it was called the speed tunnel in the 70s. You'd bomb through a tunnel and shoot out of it, and then you're at the top of the ditch. Oh. Like, it was like all clean back then, honestly. But yeah, so that place is really special to me. I remember oh. that. I remember that because I, I was going, I love that ditch. It's really special as well to me because we're both in San Diego. And, and when I was a kid, like, and I didn't really skate, I surfed a lot more, and I would go up there to Santo, San Onofre or um, Santo Lands. And camp with my with my friends, family, and shit. We'd be surfing. We had skateboards, you know what I'm saying? Like we had cruisers, so we were surf skate bros, and we'd skate that fucking ditch all the time. It was like, you know, I was 13 years old or whatever the fuck, and you know, that's that holds a special spot in my heart. And Danny was like, he cleaned the shit out of that later on when I met him later, and he ripped the hell out of that ditch, man. He would start from the way top over the fucking wall and killer. So yeah. Good ditch. Where does the dump truck come into play? I just, I've always just been doing early grabs. It's the first trick probably I ever did was just pulling myself off of a transition to do a little air, you know? Uh huh. And I've just always been, I don't know. I, I always say if I don't have my hands, I wouldn't even be able to do any tricks. <laughs> but like, would, there's this spot, um, used to be uh, smart and final. There's this tiny little loading dock, probably like three feet tall yellow with a curb on the top of it you have to ollie over the curb and there's spots where the curbs like rounded and stuff so i just remember that's where i learned it you can just go ride towards it and just let leverage kind of do it you don't really do anything except for like lean and and jump huh so it's it's so not skateboarding <laughs> i don't know it's weird you know it's it's different well, yeah. sometimes skateboarding involves not skateboarding, so that is skateboarding, I guess. Yeah, sometimes mashed potatoes involves uh, sweet baby rays. <laughs> sometimes mashed potatoes involves sticking your dick in them too. <laughs> I didn't know it was that kind. If it's gonna be that kind of party, I'm gonna stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. I think it was like a trick that I always could do, but I didn't start bringing it out until like I got over my like insecurities of just 
doing weird tricks that in during the time were not cool, man. Like two thousands, that shit wasn't cool. Not right? at all. Early grabs, like now it's all the rage. Yeah. So I, I, I had that already. It's not like new, but I just, there's a time for it. And it finally, like <laughs> I can do early grabs in the streets again, <laughs> but that was not cool. Like 20 years ago. Huh? It's interesting. Good... Sorry. Go ahead, babe. No, it's just interesting how things come in circles. Like, you know, Jimmy Z's will be cool in a couple of years again. You know, just <laughs> oh, whatever. Sure. It's just like, oh, Flash colors. don't lose this shit because in a few years it'll be worth a million bucks. Like, you know, oh, it's yeah. just like it's weird how all that stuff comes. Did you ever make it to uh, Wallows? Twice because of that dude right there. Yeah, what do you what do you guys <laughs> what do you guys think on a one to ten level? How's I mean, Wallows is an epic ditch, right? Oh, I've, my God. I've never been there. Epic. It's a 10. It's, a it's, 10. Just, it, it, it's legendary. It goes downhill. You don't never have to take one push. And you have to go to Hawaii to get there, which is like done. That's three. Yep. That's, That's four, five. No, it honestly, it does. It's legendary. Like Danny just said, he just nailed it right there. It ticks all the box and it's fucking gnarly. Like it's not like you see like cab and fucking Lance and, and, Tommy, all those guys just fucking ripping that place early. Yeah. Like those, they're fucking early grab connoisseurs in the forefront. And Coley Sandridge. Yeah. Kale, yeah. You go there, you're like, fuck, dude. That's fucking, it's like cheese grater surface. You're fucked if you stack going one mile an hour. So it's fucking gnarly. And you haul ass, you like, were you riding it, softer wheels? Do you change the wheels up for that place? I didn't. But I think Don did. But I think he maybe wrote uh, both. We were it was OJ trip, so we had all different kinds of wheels. But I had just like wheels that weren't completely hard. They were uh -huh. like ninety eight or something like that. I don't know. That's ideal. Nice. Ninety ninety eight odometer. Yep. <laughs> when we would go to uh, Glory Hole, we would take the sixty six millimeter uh, speed wheels or whatever they were, but they were ninety two. So they were a little bit softer and you could get, it was so much easier Damn. to pump. Like, you that's know? right. Dude, I forgot. I forgot we fucking went there twice. Yeah, man. You, you would just throw like last second. You would just say, you would text me and it would say urine, like the P like E <laughs> and like urine. What? You're in. Like you're in like, no way. So, well, I got that. I stole that from Neil Blender. Cause, um, Jake Phelps and when, uh, fucking Felper. Um, he, we were cool. We were hanging out at Potrero one day and I gave him a ride to his house. And then he like, he gave me a, a thrasher mag with Neil on the cover. It was his. And he asked me to get it signed for him from Neil. Oh yeah. I was with you. Yeah. And I fucking got it signed and he wrote to Jake, you're in, you're in. So I just always like stuck with me. That's my new band. You're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you brought me that first time i told i already told Smitty about it it was that pretty gnarly trip with everybody Dwayne. what oh man yeah Dwayne. Yeah, what Dwayne was like Dwayne was sober on that trip and he was killing it he was murdering it the entire time he was like um so how much blood do you want me to give i don't know <laughs> oh my like, god this guy's insane. He was like drinking 12 coffees a day, like Schmitty. And fucking, um, he was like all into Twitter at the time. Cause he was like, you know, he needed, 
fuckers who are like are used what? to drugs and into you know I mean they need a little vice or something. So he's like Sig's coffee and his Twitter is T Rats. Like T Rats. bitch. He was he was he skated wow. more than anybody on the trip. Anybody. He got more photos and clips yep. than anybody on the trip. Was up before everybody. Like yeah, huh. it was insane. That was my only time really being with him and i was just like holy shit like there's no way i'm gonna rip that hard when i'm his age <laughs> dude he knocked himself out at the north shore park sig in his mouth or yeah. was it in his hand when his hand or mouth just still burning just ko'd oh this is what was happening him and darren were playing like half for you too probably they were like half piping it's kind of like the ob thing where it's offset it's not totally parallel so you kind of have to carve at it yeah drop in carve half pipe it carve you know what i mean and he went to car and his back wheels just slipped out. Boom. Knocked out cold. Sig was somewhere, man. Like, <laughs> he could have fucking swallowed it for all I know. I don't know. No teeth. <laughs> oh. It was burning in his hand, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was probably just like... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just he, 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 he seriously knocked himself out cold. And it was just totally just like how anybody would just roll on the ground. He just got right back up and everything was fine. Just I collided with him that day, too. It was like one of the first days we were skating in the park. I collided with him. Oh man! And I just ragdolled on purpose. You know, I was just like, ah, and like <laughs> pretend like it, it hurt me more than anything. Like, yeah, I didn't want to just stand there and just watch Dwayne just like get worked. Yeah, Lucky. I like uh, your Argentina Thrasher shirt, bro. My bro, fucking Greg from Thrasher sent it to me, dude. And Strubin, we all got a we got a care package. Did you or get no. sweatpants? Yeah, but I gave him to his girlfriend. She's a sweetheart, so I had to I had to give it Indira the my my sweats. Yeah, I know a guy that knows a guy. I know a guy who knows a guy. Danny, what when you got on Slave, what ha, did you know Pat Burke yet? I didn't know anybody. What was your first impression meeting Pat Burke? You got a good Pat Burke story? I just talked to him the other day. I love this guy. He's great. I mean, I'm sure there's many stories. That guy's a maniac. Just <laughs> yeah, man. Just like or like. Just super long Oregon trips, Northwest trips, you know, and he would just like just get out of the car with his socks on in the rain, you know, <laughs> just like this is what it doesn't care, you know, just like get out of the sock, get out of the van with his socks on and just start skating in the rain, barefoot, whatever, and, like try some gnarly gap in the rain and just everything was just hilarious, you know, like he would disappear, come back with all types of goodies and stuff. I don't really, I can't lock down a good Pat story right now. I'm sorry. What about skating um, for the uh, legendary San Diego punk band off and then going to the barracks drunk? Oh my gosh. That was. Wait, what? I don't even know that one. Yeah. I did some digging, boys. Apparently, Eric Costin opened the door and let the drunk guys in and wasn't too happy about their performance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm. That that was crazy. Yeah, we 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 did a little on, like Austin. <laughs> it was like a, not like a music video shoot, I don't think, but it was just like yeah, off Mario was an off. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, fucking Mario Rubicabla, legend. San Diego, big, big shout out to him. Shout out SD. Yeah, and then the, someone was like, "Let's go to the barracks," you know, because there was like free um, margaritas at the first spot. I love that. And then we like you know we we just barged at the. Uh, barracks and it was just a total disaster imagine being drunk and skating in maybe the slipperiest place ever invented mm-hmm. yeah it was no, thank you. it's a free hospital ride 
but yeah, Costin, we just bang, like I think Jayhan was banging on the door and like uh Costin, boom, we we're just like, oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, but he let us all skate. That's nice of him. That guy is cool. I went to remember we went to Cayman Islands with that fucking well, he was there. I couldn't even believe my eyes. Him, Andrew Reynolds, Leo Romero. That's when I gained total respect for Costin. Like I knew he was Grant a good Taylor. skater, but I thought, oh, this guy's kind of a prima donna, maybe. And then we're on Cayman Island at like two in the morning, getting shit faced on the and beach. He's he's in a hotel room with his wife and like newborn kid. He comes out with a bottle and he just joins the boys. He's oh, like, yeah. What's that up? Was I was sick. like, oh, was dude, like, you're fucking you legend. So sick. Costin, yeah. yeah. And fucking um, God damn it. Grant Taylor was on that trip. And I got yeah. him, I got him a bunch Henry. of weed. It was like black, the blackest weed you've ever seen in your life. Oh, Speaking of Grant Taylor, I got a, I got a fun fact show and tell. Oh, how did you get that trophy? Huge! What up, Grant? I yeah, did, baby. I, I got did. it for you if you want it back. That would be a 2012 <laughs> Trans World uh, video did. part of the year. How did you what? get that? Can you please put that on a board? Are those Do those bolts line up with the skateboard? Yeah, yeah oh. they're good. Put it on a board. Figure it out. How'd I you will. get that though? Dude, random fucking at Strubing's. Uh, Grant, if you want it back, it's all yours, baby. Uh, GT. Um, I was at Strubing's White Rhino Christmas party, and a person <laughs> who was there, I'm not going to mention any names, happened to have it. But I think I got a quick backstory that Grant. Daniel like, Shimizu. I think Grant was like wasted and just didn't give a fuck about it and left it there on purpose. So I don't, I don't know. Hmm. Um. I got some fun fact shit back there. I can't really see it, but all right. I'll start later, but there's some stuff. I would like to hear the story about your dog. How you found him, how he got its name. Hubba Dog? Yeah. Um, yeah, Hubba Rock. It was on a trip, actually. It was a slave trip. And uh, we just had the minivan. And we the day started off. We went to this spot called the Gauntlet. In Arizona? Yeah, Arizona. I like I don't know. I love the spots out there. But yeah, it was a went to the spot called the Gauntlet. And um Robbie Brockle was showing us around. And I, I always like to uh Cranny hates this, but I I Ooh. sometimes jump in the tour guide's car, you know? Because they're driving around by themselves. I've and seen there's a Cranny handful do that. of people following you, you know. I, I like I don't I don't hate it. I just like that I one like, time I like you did. Your, I like your presence with me. Yeah, I got in the wrong person's car one time, but um, I I was <laughs> oh I was, shit yeah I was I was with Robbie and what is uh, Landry? I was I was I was late I was really tired so I remember just kind of almost dozing off when we showed up to the Goodyear Hubba's in Goodyear Arizona, pretty good Hubba's whatever. Yeah, and there's this dog that people were hooting at out in the um, dirt. And no one could really get it to come up to them. And then eventually, like, I started throwing rocks and it was chasing the rocks. So I, I got it with these rocks. <clears throat> and then eventually oh, it got closer and closer to me. And then it was like kind of attached to me almost. He, he was in bad shape, I should add. He was, you know, he was dark brown, covered in dirt, ribs, you know. So. I, I felt bad for him. I was trying to feed him the whole time. That's why I was like, look like he needs some food. He needed help, serious help and food. And he was just a freaking little wild rat. 
Like I would, <laughs> I, I try to give him some chips and he grabbed the chips and shredded them, like thrashed him. Like he was killing a lizard or something. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, this guy's gnarly. Right. So, um, yeah, we were with hammocky and and I was like, the sun was going down. I was like, Oh my God, what do I do with this dog? Like he needs to be saved. And, and, and yeah, Joe kind of assured me that, yeah, you should, should take him, you know, cause he's a dog lover. So we go to his house and, uh, there he is. Oh, nice. All right. Damn. Joe, I, need love the dog. I need one of those. Wow. That's amazing. I don't know what just happened. Whatever. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm blowing it. Um, so we get we get to we get to Joe's house and he's got the two big dogs and Hubba Dog comes screaming, running, jumps into my arms because he was scared of the dogs. Wow. So, so I was like, okay, like that was a good sign for me, you know? Right. So I was like, okay. And then um I was like, what do we name him? And and Hammocky's like, well, why don't we name him Hubba? It's like done. Like <laughs> Hammocky perfect, named you know? it. Yeah, he named it. He named this. Yeah, I didn't here. know that. Yeah. What, what else are you gonna name him? It's got. It's got to be Hubba. You know, he's from a Hubba. Damn it! It's like <laughs> I'm an idiot for not even thinking of it. You know, he's like, why don't you name him Hubba? I was like, shoot. <laughs> Good year, Hubba. And then every time he went back to that Hubba, he told everybody that he was with the story. So one time, Dude. me and Dakota came here, and he got his dog, and I named that son of a bitch. I don't even think he would remember that. I remember it, but. Uh, he remembers. Oh, he's got a fucking good memory. He'd remember yeah. that, dude. Yeah, fucking love that guy. Thank God you, damn it. Joe. <laughs> but I get home, and this dog was dirty, man, like brown. So I give him his first bath, and he was just like glimmering white. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, that's when I really started to feel guilty. You know, I was like, he's a good dog. Like he's a he's a nice like looking dog. So right. I was like you know, feeling him up, not in that way. <laughs> But like, <laughs> no, like, and I felt a tracker. Holy shit. I felt a tra- really? like a tracker on him. I was just like, oh my God. Really? Oh my God. It's, it's, a, it's somebody's dog. And then uh, I take him to the vet and the vet's like, it's not a tracker. It's a BB from a gun. So what? who has it? You can feel it. But he got Damn, shot up. He got shot with a, that's fucked up. Whoever yeah. did that needs to get their fucking ass kicked directly. And that that erased all of my guilt for taking somebody's dog, and like I'm so glad, you know. That was a long time ago. That was like 2008. 2008. Damn. He's still chilling. Like, look at this Good guy, run. man. He's probably like 13. 14. Yeah, there he is. He's the homie, dude. He's a cool dog. Oh, he is a cool dog. Yeah. We just cool. took our dog to the vet this morning. It's got to get surgery to remove his gallbladder, and we're like, fuck. Dude, I got surgery on this I thing. Know. I probably should have, but. Not no mo. I fucking blew it. Was that a stale gone bad at the pink motel or what happened? No, I fucking wasn't doing shit. I was just carving. I was like, I'd never been there. And it was like, you know, kind of a heated session or whatever. I just didn't, I don't like skating in front of people like that, especially when I suck. And I was like, uh, Lance was there, fucking hashed, Christian hashed soy was there. Fucking. <laughs> and, um, I was pressured, you know, whatever. So I just was doing a push carve grind and then push carve in the deep end. And that thing's that bowl is kind of harder than you'd think. It looks so great on paper. And you get there, you're like, whoa. A lot of flat bottom. Kind of kinky. And I love a lot of flat. Like I love a lot of wide open bowl, way more than a tight one. But yeah, and but it was weird. The angles 
to get to it, I probably needed, I just, man, I was skating it for like seriously four or five runs. And I just fucking lost my balance a little bit and coming out of the deep and the shallow. And I, and I kind of went forward and I went to push my, just to stop myself on the sidewall, the shallow end and broke the finger and, and fucking split the fucker wide open. Just the pressure of hitting it split my finger wide open. I was so bummed. I didn't even, oh. I didn't even know it happened to be honest. Huh. How, how loud did you yell and for how long? I, I didn't. I just went down and I pretended to have a seizure like Lance did Future <laughs> Primitive. Like like the yes. man Future Primitive. And then I, I fucking, Lance like that. Yeah. And then I walked away and there's just gushing blood. But um, it sucks. It kind of put me out of work. I missed a couple of days of work, but I'm going back tomorrow, so I'm good. Damn. I missed that yell, man. No! Like, for like a minute straight. <laughs> I got kind of a funny story about that yell. Um, <laughs> let's hear it. it yeah freddie's involved as well Ooh, snatch park oh fuck i love that so, part so, it was an ipath thing fred gall's yeah. in town he was sober he was killing it um we go to snatch park and and uh we were with price and matt price was like oh i, I always hear a lot about cranny like i was like oh yeah because because you were coming to meet up i was like oh yeah he's the best dude he's just such a nice guy Oh, you nice. know, he's such a sweetheart, nice guy. And then Cranny <laughs> shows up and just takes a slam instantly. Yeah, just starts beating the shit out of his board, like throwing it into this underneath the bridge, the ceiling of the bridge and shit. Like, and Price was like, what the hell? Like, what's wrong with that dude? You know, like, I was like, no, he's not like that. Like, oh, <laughs> but yeah, that's just Cranny. You know, he's, he's very vocal and, he doesn't. He doesn't hold it in, man. He lets and it I'll out. do that shit, and then I'll laugh. Right, two seconds after, yeah. I'll punch the shit. Like, remember when I destroyed my back, fucking Schmitty, when the winner, the one, was out there, Ben Rayborn, and uh, fucking, I destroyed my back of the Caymans. Oh yeah, yeah. Stood up, and it's in the footage, and I fucking socked the fuck out of my board. But yeah. then I laughed. I laughed yeah, 1.5 seconds afterwards. I'm not ever like yeah. aggro fucking. I'm not like Carrie gets in nothing. I'm, I'm chill. <laughs> you got to let it out. Let it out. Yeah. Well, what was your first impression? Do you remember meeting Danny for the first time? Yeah. And now another first impression from Alexander Scott Horn. I was at a pool with Pete, Navs. Maybe Swift was there too. I'm not sure. I don't remember that day, but. It was like Lemon Grove. Hey, Hamul. Sorry, Hamul. I think I may have made it before, but the one that sticks out to me, the real memory, was like seeing him skate that pool. Because before I'd seen him skate, I think I may have met him briefly or whatever, but he wasn't like put, doing any maneuvers really. I just didn't even know he was like a sponsored skater or anything. And then I saw him at the, that Hamul Bowl, and he was just like surfing the pool and like not trying to get hot or nothing, but ripping like solid, raddest style. And I was like, fuck. This kid's sick, dude. Like, I want to put him on OJ or whatever. And because at that time or whatever, like, the team was relatively small and shit. And um, I was fucking looking for the, the homies. I always wanted to keep San Diego Riders, too. I love that. So I saw him and then we talked and shit. And, and I was like, hey, would you fucking do you have a real sponsor or whatever? And, and he was like, no, nah, but I'm down. And then the next fucking day, someone from Bones, like Jared Joyner, hit him up and fucking to ask him to ride for Bones and they were going to pay him. And he fucking said no to ride for us. And so that was like big love on that respect. And 
it worked out in the long run because we were like best friends, like one of my best friends, family. I love him very much. And we got to go travel the world together, you know? And, and like, so that's better than getting paid 100, 200 bucks a month, right? Good choose your own adventure choice right there. Looking Fucking back. A, dude. I'm so glad he did because he is such a special friend to me. I honestly want to cry. <laughs> uh, Don't make yeah, me he, cry. He was talking about going. <laughs> he was talking about going on that Hawaii trip with uh, you guys with uh, Dwayne that one trip. And you had no, you didn't know he was he he knew how to surf. And then you saw him surfing and then you guys have kind of surfed ever since. I couldn't fucking believe my eyes dude i had no idea the kids surf and it was my birthday and i fucking was borrowing some random like six ten seven foot weird board and fucking Dwayne, dude i was up every morning watching because we had a house on sunset beach like on the oh. fucking beach i got really lucky with this cancellation of era of a vrbo and it was like the most player spot right danny oh my god on the beach on the sand it was like you walk out of the backyard to this just down some steps onto the sand. And like every day I was looking for surf. And then that day on my birthday, I woke up and it was like six to seven foot Hawaiian, which is like 14 foot here, huge. And I was like, oh my God. And I fucking run to get my board. And Dwayne has it. He's like, super, he's got his trunks on. <laughs> he's like, you know, can I use your board? <laughs> and I was like, fuck. Yeah, go ahead, dude. Go for it. Um, he was only out for like 20 minutes. He, he couldn't make it out, dude. He, he got a wave, though. I saw him get a wave at sunset, which is cool. It was like gnarly. It was really gnarly that day. So I went out for like fucking hours, dude. I was like, I don't care about skating. I am. I was like once in a lifetime for me out here. So I'm staying out here, dude. I don't give a fuck. I almost died. I thought I was going to die multiple times when the sets were coming. It was huge. Long story boring. I come in and I fucking go up. I'm changing and shit. And. And I fucking look and I see like out of my corner of my eye, like a dude flying on the inside with six style. And I was like, is that fucking Danny? And it, he came out or whatever. He got like one wave or I don't even know what. And he came in. I was like, dude, I didn't know you fucking surfed, and especially like that. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's like when you okay for me, when I see him surf, it's like how I want to surf. It's how I picture the perfect way to surf. You know what I'm saying? And the style and grace and like fucking moves and stuff just simple and yeah so yeah does he yeah, know how to walk the, but can he walk the dog backwards in lahaina on sure a long board? he'll fucking go to freddy's <laughs> and squap a fool's face off he'll fucking go to fucking belzy land and get tube all of that shit he'll fucking eat a fucking plate lunch and smash that right directly into his nose <laughs> He'll take down a fucking shaved ice and eat the ice cream <laughs> under the bottom. No you better problem. believe it. You better believe that shit. He'll smoke, he'll smoke Batu in your eye. Oh, no, he shit. won't. No, he won't. No. Uh, Danny, you got a good uh, memory with uh, the one they call Sean Stewart. We got, a new, we got a new segment called Things You Didn't Know About Sean Stewart. Hold on. I'm trying to take this in right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Things you didn't know about him? Uh, yeah. I know a lot of things people don't know about him, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to spill that. Um, things you don't know about him. He's actually a very, he's a human GPS. Really? Not, he is. He like smokes so much weed, but he knows exactly. Dude, the first time I ever been to SF was with him and he was the most stoned dude in the band. Going, Turn left here. 
no over there i'm like dude i've never been there before i'm scared shitless you know or going to one of these gnarly hills and shit mm. he's like no over here i'm like what who, who are you you know like he knew where to go like we can be anywhere and he's like knows where to go it's it's that's why he loved, probably loves new york so much because there's so many different routes and it's the, it's the grid <clears throat> and <clears throat> to touch on that i'm gonna fucking vouch for that one because I lived in fucking New York for over eight years and I still get lost in the Lower East Side or in fucking Harlem or wherever the fuck. And dude, Frex has been there. Like he's been going there for the same amount of time, but he wasn't, he never lived there until recently. <clears throat> Congrats on that to him. And um, love you, Frex. And uh, every time, dude, this motherfucker's like, Granny, we're going the wrong way. I'm like, no, dude, I swear. And he's like, no. And he's right every motherfucker. I think one time I've been right and he's been right a million other times, but yeah. For sure, human GPS. Wow. And well, there's another real quick fact about Sean that maybe no, no one knows, but he is a huge lover of reggae music, um, partially because of me, and I have to give him credit right back because we traded off, and Danny. So him and Danny turned me on to, like, psych, African psych rock and, like, you know, like, witch and then, like, whatever the fucking Chrissy Zebby Tembo shit and, like, all that Ricky Longolia stuff or Longolia, I don't know how to pronounce the name. And then like um, other stuff like fucking Shinky Chen and Speed Glue, all this rad shit I was hearing because I would take them on trips when I first met them. And all I'm playing is fucking dance hall and fucking roots reggae though, almost the entire fucking time. <clears throat> and then Dan, I mean, just like the, for me drilling it into Sean's head, Sean, Frex's head. Um <laughs> He fell in love with some of the shit. It was kind of like what Joey Trache did to me. Like I loved reggae always, but I didn't know really much about dance hall until I went on trips and he would just just play it all the time. Like I wouldn't like certain songs, but I would love other ones. So right, he, he fucking loves reggae. To touch on that, I I got all that my music that I was listening to most of it from hint from him, from Sean. Yeah. Oh yeah. He and and I think he got it all from Mario. Mainly, uh, I was about Ruby to say Pablo, that. because he had Thirsty Moon was a record store. Yeah, Diego, shout and out all to the shit Moon. came out of there. Like all the all the good jams that I know and love now, like were from Mario to Frex, hey. and from Frex to like the whole fucking skate scene. It's crazy. Dude, straight the fuck up. Can we get a shout out? You know, Tim McKinney, shout out to fucking Thirsty Moon. Shout out. Shout yeah. out. Shout out. Shout out to Mario Rubacavo, too. <clears throat> and Shout Thirsty out. Moon. I think the owner's name was Mike or something like that. One of them. And fucking big love to that dude, whoever the guy was. Because I thank God, because he let me trade Mega. That's right. NHS, Creature, OJ, Indy, whatever the fuck I had. <laughs> I took that motherfucker and trade the shit out of it for records, like credit, you know? And like, um, so yeah. I, got, I was able to get like expensive ass records and I have a shitload. I have a power stack of like dope ass psych stuff from Thirsty Moon. So good looks, Thirsty fucking Moon. Go get some records from Thirsty Moon if it's still around. I think Cranny just walked our guest off the air. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, my flapping has been known to do such things. I love it, man. This, we finally, we've been talking about this for quite some time. So I'm glad I'm it came to, get to fruition. I, I turned out, um, it turns out I'm like always. The, the first I'm a part of the first of the year of every podcast. Yeah, it's been a tradition here. A tradition here. Um, speaking of Frexo, he said true or false. Dale Sausage Man Smith is your favorite skater. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Yeah. Dan? 
Yeah. The Coca-Cola. <laughs> uh, he had, uh, he, he, yeah, he's pretty legendary for his time, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. His disco moves were beautiful. Uh-huh. I think they called him Sausage Man because he, he had salt. He would just get road rash, you know? So he's all <laughs> sausaged up. But yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, it definitely he, wasn't from his fingers. It wasn't. <laughs> Probably not. Frex in the City asked, um, what's up with the front three early grab indie finger flip? And I was like, dude, you can't call a front three uh, an indie and then say yeah. finger flip. So what you meant was a front three two finger flip. Finger flip, finger flip yes. No, because he thought Rhino was going to give him a photo incentive for mentioning indie. And I was like, you just, it's not going to work for this one. <laughs> I didn't catch it because when I was doing those tricks, I probably said it way more worse right. than that. You know, right. Uh, right. I think Sean Stewart skates for Thunder anyway, right? Fuck no. <laughs> He's indie guy until you die. Uh, okay. Fucking I'm an ace dude. You got to rock the ace shit in this fucking part of town. Woo. Indie bitch. Shout out. Joey <laughs> Jay, Ryan Brown. No, uh, man. I, it, it's I'm indie, but it's not fuck the rest. It's no. Everything's, everything's cool, but exactly. not the best. Exactly. Yeah. That's fine, dude. I'm, I got nothing but love for those guys. Life's weird. Who cares? We're all gonna die. Let's just fucking let's just have fun and and um and just try to fucking spend the most quality time with our fucking people we care oh, about. Oh shoot! He's got the heated wheel beanie going. Have you heard oh, of this shit. new company? Have you heard all of right, it, guys? How's that segue? How's this for a segue? Heated wheel? Okay. Let me uh show what's going on here. We got a couple <laughs> beautiful fucking things we gotta work on here. Beautiful branding. We got some. Oh look at that two way branding here. Heated wheel. Uh, Tiger Woods on acid, the cleaner the acid, the cleaner the vision. Uh, Peter Hewitt model, which is available, all sold out right now. But all you uh, consumers out there, maybe take a look at this beautiful board that by Paul Schmidt and Neil Blender. Mine came with Boom. a smart rope. Damn, lucky. <laughs> we got this is felt. This would be felt. Whoa, that's sicky. God damn it. That's G and S. That's my initials. Oh, it is. We just scared Danny uh, off again. We walked Danny thing? off. Instant. Oh, wow. Sorry, I was, I was looking for my my blender shape, but I'm back. I have. Oh, I was wondering if you had that, dude. I broke this. I wrote this. I found this thing in his in Neil's trash can 18 years ago. Oh my! Along with like 10 other fucking boards, I was like, "What the fuck are you doing, dude?" With all these boards, like I hate them. I was like. I want them. So I took all of them, dude, and I still have like 75% Wacky. of them. I love that, how the, the it was sunken into the board like that. He did Super that. He rider. routed it out and fucking inset the fucking ACS 430s. It was the funnest board ever. And then the bottom was beveled so that you don't get the wheel bite. That was amazing. Dude, it, I rode that thing forever, and then it, it broke in New York. Uh, this is pretty cool. Neil just fucking... Damn. Pretty beautiful. Guy does good shit. Danny, you got your first uh pro board? Yeah, I got I got um yeah. What's the, what, what's the, you got it anywhere near? Oh yeah. What's the, who what was the graphic? Ben did it probably, right? Yeah, the first one was just the standard team, like you know, like the big logo, slave letters oh. and the name inside of that. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, the first one was a war pig shape. 
it was just printed on a war pig shape, which was uh, already a slave board. Shape. Was it green? Yeah, green. And it said slave and then Danny to call it over slave. Yes. Okay. I need to get one of those, man, one day. Yeah, that's a sick. Well, Ben, let's go. Well, I'm making a shape right now, actually, for, for Ben to produce. It's just taking me a while because of uh, all the mental wheelbase and all that stuff is just driving me nuts. Have you been getting I, deep into it? Yeah, I've been getting too deep into it. I, <laughs> I saw that. I saw um, 14 I and saw a half. We found it. I saw that board and it looks beautiful. He's got, by the way, yeah, that board, that shape he's working on, it's fucking rad. So I can't wait to see that shit come to fruition. Okay. Oh, I'll be right back. Love you guys. It's, cra- it, it's crazy, like, what, like, an eighth of an inch can do. Eighth of an inch, nothing. But, you know, that's a sixteenth of an inch on each side. But visually, it does so much. Like, I want to make the tail an eighth of an inch more round. Just tiny little things like that, like... Have you been just really getting in and trying each different sake? Like, oh, a little bit bigger. Oh, it's too big. A little. Well, like I'm cutting fine. them out. I'm I'm making the boards. They're giving oh, you me okay. They're giving me blanks with, um, no even truck holes in them. So uh, I'm okay. cutting out the shape, drilling the holes. So, I have I have one like a, a final one that I made. I gave it to Bearback. They they produced two boards. Uh huh. Now I'm on the second board. I rode the first one until it was nothing. Now I'm on the second one, just trying it with outrisers, right? <clears throat> Stuff like that. You know, I, I think I'm taking it a little too far, but. That's what happens. You know, you yeah. get into it and you, you, we have addictive personalities. We want to fucking, we don't want to half-ass shit. Yeah. And I'm really like that war pig shape so much. And I feel like the more <laughs> I tinker with it, it starts looking more like the war pig, you know? So I'm really trying to like make it more like a popsicle than it is the war pig shape. Uh-huh. So kids will want to buy it actually. Right. So war pigs kind of wide. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm trying to make a shape that I really like, but also people that do flip tricks will like. All right. I kind of like sense. the egg shape that people are writing these days that I like, you know? Yeah. Round. What was the whole turning pro? How did that go down? Was it a surprise? Was it a build? Uh, it was just, it was a semi surprise. It was a semi surprise. Um, like I had like a dinner with Ben. And he, he like popped the question, you know, like asked me if I, he asked me if I wanted to Did he get down on one knee? He got down on one knee (laughs) and he's like, Danny, no, no, he, he, he asked me if I wanted to become a pro and I, I didn't have to think about it that long, you know? Yeah. "Yeah." Hmm. And I told him, um, that he's making a good choice. No, (laughs) no, I I just, what I, what I was saying, I think I was like, yeah. Cause I had finished that last video part and I, I, like the, the stuff that I filmed most recently was the stuff that I was most juiced on, you know, just like the kind of just early grabs in the streets, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not the super heavy Debbie stuff, you know, from my part before, but I told him that I want to keep going and do stuff on my skateboard. So yeah, the pro yeah. thing was, it was, definitely a bucket list my whole life very grateful to be um that status but like i said i wouldn't be there without other people you know what i mean right i would not become i wouldn't be a pro skater if it wasn't for all the amazing people that have helped me my friends you know yeah i think we all can say that to some degree right like yeah there's people that are so good i mean it doesn't even matter if they're 
a dickhead, they're going to, they're going to be pro because they're just that good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with you, dude, on that real quick. I'm back in there, but it's all about, to be honest, like at least people like who aren't on that gnarly upper echelon of insane natural talent, you know what I'm saying? It just comes like they can do whatever, whenever, not really, they work for it too, but it's like, it just comes to them like that. Like, but I feel like, cause they're going to, I feel like they put it, if they put like a sponsor me tape or whatever, like they used to do, like that's going to be picked up on real quick. But like, I don't know, like kind of just, like radical skaters who just aren't on that gnarly insane level, the top tier. It is about like your friends and who you meet and, and who you're surround. You kind of like accidentally surround yourself with and timing and shit like that. I feel like, yeah, that's the only reason why I ever got hooked up. I was never a pro skater or nothing like that, but I got to do it for a long time and get paid minimal, but the travel and the life experiences were awkward, the best of all time. I would never trade it for the world or money or none of that shit. So, but really, if it wasn't for like me knowing Navarrete since high school, um, I would have never gotten involved in NHS, and I would have never met Joey Touche, who got put me on India, or then Lance Dawes, and then I would have never met Schmitty. <clears throat> I would have never met Neil Blender, who got me on fucking Red Cross Black Label, who sent me to fucking Europe. Like I would have never gotten these opportunities. It's all connected. It's all connected, like a motherfucker. I like, never thanks, thanks, to- Darren, for getting you involved. You know, like it's all. Yeah. The thing I would say on top of all that is that skateboarding, at least from our generation, is such a family situation that if you impress somebody in the family, you've impressed the rest of them. Like once once Preston was like Schmitty's I'm down for Schmitty. I didn't even have to hang out with Darren. Darren was down for me because he knew Preston's word was okay. And those type of things go a long way where you can get in the van with a lot of people with only being one person's friend exactly as long as that, that person is respectable true dude i got in the goddamn van with the fucking one eight. Oh my and you know how they get down dude they don't like how they're like gangbangers and i was like fuck i didn't i didn't know but and everyone was fucking cool to me because i had pete pete had my back and they gave me a ride from seattle down to san diego or to sf actually i needed a lift or whatever but you know, like they were fucking cordial that no one was a dick to me. So like, it's just what you were just saying. Like what, by one word from what someone vouches for you, then like, yeah, unless you're obvious. By coup, then, then, yeah. Then you blow it or something. Then that guy's kind yeah. of in this chair too. Like all of a sudden Pete's in the doghouse cause he brought you. Uh-huh. So you, you know, like it's, it, that's how, just how it works. I heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard somebody did a magnificent performance at a karaoke bar ended up in the credits of the radio television video. And that led to a lot, um, <laughs> a lot of doors open. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't the one I was there, right? That was a different one. No, you weren't there. Okay. Well, that was a big, trip. that was a big night though. Huh? Is that the same one where, uh, did Pat Burke go to jail that night? You guys got kicked Maybe. out of the bar. I think he told me something like that. Uh, uh, yeah oh okay yeah uh this is yeah this is a pat story right here a little little <laughs> one um, so we would stay at this house in sacramento on all the slave trips <clears throat> right next sacramento. to matt Rodriguez's house actually and there's this weird kind of just karaoke bar not nothing special and uh yeah we would all sometimes take our turn trying to sing a song or whatever and then pat boom it was pat's turn and everyone hated us already in there you know and like <laughs> When I when I sung, the dudes were like booing, trying to boo me off before I even started because I was blowing it. 
and I had to tell the DJ to replay it so I could do it again. It's annoying. <laughs> but um, yeah, Pat goes on probably Dude, like Jamie some... Thomas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did though. Yeah, <laughs> everyone was over it. Um, but Pat goes up. I think it's he sang he sang like some heavy Metallica song or something like that. And uh, right when the song starts. He grabs a pitcher off the dude's table in front of us and pours it over his head. Like that's how the song started. Like wham over the head, and then that I like, could totally see that. Kiri was on him instantly, and this Metallica song is playing, and Pat's <laughs> running around throwing chairs behind him. Yeah, that was that uh, night. Patty Burke, love you. Yeah, he's killing yeah, it. Yeah, Pat Burke. Big love, Pat Burke. Shout out. Uh, true or false for the slave premiere, you brought uh, enough It's It's ice cream sandwiches for an, anyone <laughs> who wanted one. Oh, what? No, that was cool. You know what? There was, a, there was an art show that Ben did a couple nights before the premiere. Uh-huh. And and this this homie that, that hangs out at the Vista House skate shop, he uh, his family is like a does like the ice cream business ice cream man you know like his dad is the ice cream man or whatever okay he he was at this art show and he really wanted people to sign this board but he he just couldn't like get in there you know and i was like what do you want with that board and he's like oh i just want to sign it so i like wrangled up everybody to sign it you know which is hard to do if you you know if you don't whatever he was really like took he he really um was thankful for that so he hit me up and was like, dude, do you, do you like ice cream? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know? And he, he after <laughs> premiere, he had this box, huge box for me, dude. All ice cream, dry ice on the bottom. Yeah. And, dude, I was set all night. Hell set yeah. I and some to come home with. And he said, like, if you ever need ice cream or whatever, like, hit me up. So. Damn, so. dude. That's the guy right there who needs a fucking ice cream. Craig <laughs> <Fucking> Smith. B.S. <laughs> Fucking Ben and Jerry's like just gave him some free stock for all the shit that he's bought over the years. Oh, uh, Danny might not know the story, but I I don't really eat dairy for a long time. And then uh, I got married in August, so last January first, I made a a resolution in my head: no ice cream at all until I get married because I wanted to look as good as I could in my tux, right? Yeah. And then the day after I got married, I ate 16 days in a row, a pint of Ben and Jerry's every day, a different flavor. I thought I was going to eat 64 pints in 64 days and have a bracket and see what was the best flavor. And I fucking broke out into a crazy like rash and like just so I went to the doctor and uh I might have told this story before, but it's hilarious. I go to the doctor and she's like, what, what's going on? Da, 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 da. And then I finally bring yeah, like we go through a bunch of testing and talking. And finally, I bring up the ice cream thing. And she's like, come on, dude. Like, duh, that's what it is. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that first, <laughs> asshole? Yeah, yeah so I'm back off dairy. <laughs> so you probably like. I you shocked probably my gave system. yourself remission long enough to become like more lactose intolerant. Like it was the best. It was the best 16 days ever. But then the 17th day when I weighed on myself on the scale, I literally gained all the weight back. I had lost plus more. Was and, it plus eight? And it's just been like, ooh, with the COVID and stuff. I mean, I just want to give a shout out to my new sponsor, Smart Rope. Shout out. Damn, smart rope. What the fuck is that? 
Uh, oh, is it, it's a weighted jump rope. Apex recovery, because sometimes you just get sore. Yeah. Oh, man. Smart Rope. No, dude, Yo, this, can, I, hey, this, can I do a shout out? Shout that, out to Smart Rope. Is that, I, wanna, I need to give me a good jump rope, man. Cranny, you would love this thing. Next time I see you, you're definitely going to be on it because you get an app on your phone, right? And then this thing has Bluetooth and it counts how many times you do it. So if you do it for a half hour, it'll be like 335 times. Like it tells wow. you how many uh, revolutions. Rotations. I got, I, yeah. I stuck a jump rope. I can do it backwards and not that good for not that long, but I need, I can't do it forwards at all. I, I can only cross. I can, oh, yeah, right. I can, only, <laughs> I can only do the Roger Rabbit and the Running Man while I'm doing it. That's it. But I want to get a good one, dude. I, I just bought a, I just, <laughs> Okay, so my homeboy Rollins was in town, and he like went to the gym. He's been working out a bunch when we were to go to Hammocky's thing. And went next to the gym, I went to Ross, and I bought some white T-shirts, and I was looking for some boxers and shit. But um, Dress for less. I fucking found a sick little workout pack. It was like on clearance or whatever, and it had a jump rope. And it had push-up bar uh, things. I do, I try, I've been doing it for the last like eight, seven months, 100 push-ups to 200 a day. And I can tell, my, man. My wrists are fucked. So I'm like, I need one of those things that Justin Strubing always uses, the perfect push-up type of thing or whatever. So it came with that, a jump rope, and a, other, some, a hand grip thing, whatever. But it was like 12 bucks. But I know that the fucking jump rope is a piece of shit. So I need smart rope in my life. Is it, okay. is it balanced or whatever? Or weighted That's or whatever? Good right there. I think so. I don't know. I, I, like, uh, I had COVID for the first two weeks of the year, so I haven't even got to use it. But I'm going to probably use it today. I'm going to probably go out and just fuck around with it. But, it, dude, it has this crazy thing where it's almost like Star Wars, where while you're doing it, a digital readout comes out in front of you and you can see. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I swear right. to God. Wait, Look at no, what do you mean? Oh, he's got photos. Wait. Are you fucking oh putting me on? Oh my gosh! Like the like the digital. Is it like the, like like the hologram thing on a, in a yeah. BMW X5? Yeah, dude. Like who knows uh, what? That's what? amazing. Cheryl got okay. for me. I'd never even heard of it before. I'm and like, we, this thing is so kicking. Can I so talk kicking. to the fucking brand manager of Smart Rope? Yeah, we need Smart Rope and Smart Water to like do a package, <laughs> a collab. And that's when living a dream began. I only. Drink my alkaline water, but I, I make my own alkaline water now because um, I don't trust these fuckers who are selling alkaline water. You got to make your own to make sure it's real. Well, I got but, a good, I got a good question for you. Probably both up? of you. I live in a one bedroom apartment. I want fucking I don't I, I want to graduate from the uh, kettle on the stove. I, I'm I need hot water instantly so I could just put a tea bag in my cup and go fill it with hot water without waiting. What do I get? That one we have an electric Jason. one. Huh? The one Jason had at Edge of America. It takes like 12 seconds and it boils yeah. it. That thing? The electric uh, one? Uh -huh. Well, no. Laura just got this one. It's like It just looks like a coffee pot, but it goes on a little plastic thing. As soon as exactly. you set it on there, it beeps. That's it. The button. How, how long does it take? Less than a minute? Less than a minute and it's hot. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That when you first use it, it tastes weird, though, because it's brand new. There's probably like factory grease or whatever on there, the lube or whatever. So uh -huh. it has a weird taste at first, but it, it goes away after time. I usually sprinkle a little turmeric and uh, some nutmeg in there for the first couple of times. And that'll, that'll give it a good flavor for the That's like, good. Like three months. You get, um, with your coffee smoothie, you got to drink smart coffee. If you have a smart rope, because I don't really I stop drinking coffee if, unless it has the golden milk, which is the turmeric powder and Ooh. then 
the um the the ten the uh the fucking mushroom powder, which is like ten different types of mushrooms, mitakis, lion's manes, all that shit. For it's like cognitive and energy mixed with the turmeric. It tastes so damn good, and it's really good for you. What's Look that shit back. you turned me on, dude? It's like an oil MCT, I think. Yeah, that shit's good too. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, here's the best part of the whole experience. This is where I get to learn when we get to talk a little bit about fucking Shaka Bra and the surfing. Uh, all I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Because I don't know a lot about it, but I do know that the other night I texted Cranny and said, I thought Christian Fletcher got credited with the first kickflip, but now there's some guy named Zortan or something, Zoltan, that's claiming first <laughs> kickflip. <laughs> Hell no, that fucking Zoltan. That's Adam Sandler's. That's Adam Sandler's movie. He didn't do the fucking first kickflip. <laughs> Who did the first kickflip? Hey, my friend Eric Summer. I'm not kidding you, dude. He was a pro longboarder in the '90s, early early '90s, late '80s. He was sponsored by Donald Takayama. Uh -huh. He's from PB. He's a legend, but no one really knows about him. He kickflipped a fucking longboard, dude, in like 1990, dude. So away with I'm the first kickflipper of a surfboard, dude. It's been, <laughs> it's been happening. And I saw it like 10 years ago. I saw someone do it on, on Instagram or something like that. So sorry, Zoltan, you're off. <laughs> we don't want to well, see a kickflip on a surfboard. Thank it's, you. It's mob, right? I was Dude. telling Schmitty, man, like you have to have wild mob to do a kickflip. Like really crazy. You have to kick straight down. It looks terrible. And that's the only way you can do a kickflip on a surfboard. If you have flick, your board will not flip. It's a exactly. slippery thing. You have to kick think, straight down. And you know what? I think Joe Cremo, remember Joe Cremo? He did fucking weird shove it stuff in the 90s. He was like ahead of his time with his shove mm -hmm. it world. I think he did a kickflip too and and nothing but shout the fuck out and gnarliest respect ever for goddamn Christian Fletcher, dude. He is the innovator of innovators on surfboards to me. Him and like Phil Edwards or whatever, like in a different, on different, different ways. But yeah. Christian Fletcher honestly did the first scale fish on a surfboard at Pipeline in 1980-something after we saw Mark Gonzalez do it on a skateboard. He ate mushroom shake, smoked a big old banger, chugged a beer. This is a story from Jason, and went right out to Pipeline and did a stale fish. So shout out man. to fucking Christian Fletcher, man. Shout out. Pipeline's not like a, a a spot where you want to learn how to do it. an aerial trick. Sure. It, you'll die. Like yeah. It's not even a place you want to like walk out into the water with. <laughs> like, oh, it's no. gnarly. Yeah, that's like learning learning a trick in a really gnarly pool. You know, it's not yeah, really exactly. ideal. Okay, here's here's my big question for you guys. I've asked Rob Welsh to teach me how to do kickflips just by not even showing me, like just telling me over the phone. Could you tell somebody how to learn how to catch a wave? Yeah. yeah. Like without I mean, saying I can, I can... without saying repetition, like could you be like, okay, do a bunch of push-ups, push yourself up? Like, what's the thing? Go to a stop sign and then start pushing next to a car. And as it's going, imagine jumping onto that car before it's going too fast or passes you. But you have to time it just right. You know what I mean? Like, whoa. In a skater's whoa. perspective, like I, that, I just that. thought of that just now, but that kind of makes sense to me. Like the wave is always moving. So you have to like it's Skitch almost like a hippie thing. jump kind of like feeling like unweight yourself to get to it while it's in the, in the motion. Yeah. You guess you just have to trust that it has enough momentum to, to keep you going. It's can you surf without upper body strength? Yeah, but it's hard. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 You could, but 
Is she riding a longboard to learn to know how to swim and to be able to push yourself up? Is she riding a shorter board? You cannot catch a wave without upper body strength. But if you're riding a very buoyant surfboard, you can get going with not much strength as long as you get it going. But I can't even ride a shortboard. I can't. I can't ride a little board. I have to ride a bigger. It's so hard though. Okay. Hey, but um, real quick, my thought of if I were to explain to just tell somebody vocally how verbally how to catch a wave on a surfboard yeah it's so hard because it is repetition 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 you always gotta try you keep just doing it and doing it and doing it and it's and it's um it's tiring you know what i mean but you have to constantly be like kind of looking and it's all about wave knowledge or whatever so that's part of repetition but your first times you just gotta fucking make sure that you're centered on the board correctly not too far forward not too far back it's a happy medium on the board and always doesn't matter when or what kind of wave you have to kind of look where you're at in the wave but once you start paddling you turn you paddle your fucking ass off dude you, you can't <laughs> you can't under you can't it's more it's better to paddle more than less because that was a big thing you know it still is like you i see a lot of people all the time paddle paddle, paddle. they're almost in the wave and they start to get up and they lose the wave they get pushed out no you have to make sure you feel yourself being sucked into that wave before you try to get up, you know what I mean? That's, that's a key right there. You, you got to paddle your ass off and then make sure you you feel that momentum and you're sucked into that wave or else you're not going to really get into that wave. You know what I mean? It's just, but to be honest, it's just repetition, dude. You have oh, to just do it what, over, what over. Alex, what Alex just said about being centered on the board and you stand up more importantly is being in the right spot on your board when you're paddling. That's what because I meant. There's so, the board. Okay, okay. Sorry. Like if you want like an, it to be, but not nosedive. If right. you're an inch too far back. Or a half inch. It, yeah, like a lot of times what, what a lot of surfers do, and I think I do, um, you get far, almost too far up, and then you you kind of like arch your back. You know what I mean? Like say you're laying on the board and it looks like the nose is sinking, uh-huh. and then you arch your back up so your head's above the water a lot. And then if you need to lean forward, you just go like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's ah. something like simple as that. I see people learning how to surf and they're just so a little bit too far past behind. the point you really want to, and then pull it back. Yeah. You have to, you have to be ready to keep the nose out of the water. Dude, so, I want to do it so bad. Yeah. I like I was, I was literally saying that I, I didn't mean standing up on the board. I meant paddling. I should have specified. I was like, when you're paddling, you have to have that happy medium where like, you're not too far forward. You're not too far back because that is what's going to determine if you're too far back, you're not getting that fucking wave. I don't care how hard you're paddling. It's like, it's just, you're just being detrimental to your yeah. forward moment mo- motion. And then too far forward, you're going to pearl every time. So right. it's just a weird like, and then repetition. Dude, you got to keep doing it. So where you feel, you know, where to be on the board every time. What's uh, your favorite wave you ever surfed? Dan, have you traveled a m- bunch with the surfing or not too much? Uh, when I was younger, I traveled a, a lot with my friend Daryl Goodrum. His dad is a surfboard shaper. He was actually featured in the movie Five Summer Stories. So wow. I kind of like looked up to him. And um, he would he was the one that was doing a lot of surf contests. And okay. I would just go along for the for the ride. And I would get to go to all these cool places. He would be in the contest. I would be down the beach surfing somewhere cool, like, you know, that I've never been. Uh-huh. A lot of Mexico trips. But I guess my favorite wave that I've only searched good once is um, Belzee Land in Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii. Yeah. Because I'm a regular footer mainly. It's a right. Was that with me or no? I was with, we, we tried to surf there one day 
but we we was surfed we were like in in freddie land we were in belzy land we were next directly oh, next you're to right it. you were but, ripping that it was scary too it was shallow as fuck is that maui or uh no, Oahu? Oahu, I'm going Fletties. to Big Island in two that's weeks. Where, um, that's where Danny will beat the shit out of anyone behind Fuetti's. There's a bath, <laughs> there's like a, a shack behind Fuetti's and he'll fucking swap your your fucking nose will stay all broke. <laughs> it, it also depends. Like, I don't know. At, at home is what I'm most used to. And uh, it's just the opposite of Belzyland, which would be a beach break. Where's that? Like Carlsbad? A, yeah, Carlsbad, Encinitas, just there's a lot of beaches a lot of beach breaks so my ideal wave is like after day after the storm where there's a lot of a lot of peaky waves popping up everywhere but it's not windy so it's like you you don't have to paddle out far yeah catch one quick wave boom you might catch another one on your way out it's like that's my favorite kind of thing compared like to little the, little peaky wedges and just kind of little ramps that pop up out of yeah. nowhere okay yeah yeah, San Francisco. Have you tried surfing up here? Fuck no. no. It's no. so gnarly. There's yeah. been times where I tried to paddle out and I just couldn't even get out. It's hell, dude. You got to put on a fucking five millimeter wetsuit. There's great white sharks. There's like floating pieces of logs. You're under the gate, Golden White, Golden Gate Bridge. The water is 14 degrees. Booties. Like booties, oh, yeah. hood, a hood. Like, fuck that, man. <clears throat> okay. Surfing in booties is extremely difficult if you're not but, used to it. Imagine, oh, dude, imagine I'm also, putting the rubber. I'm also being a pussy. Like you talk, I guarantee you, you're gonna hear some like if any Northern Californian servers hear this fucking thing, they're gonna be like, "What a bitch!" You know what I mean? Because like <laughs> it is like you can do it and it's fine. You just gotta get past that initial part. But I'm just not used to it my whole life. You know what I mean? So, but hey, can I say my favorite fucking wave I've ever surfed? And it was the best fucking wave ever. It was in Morocco. Yeah. It's called In Swam, and it's in Morocco. Tom Curran lived there, and I just was in Morocco for a random just traveling or whatever. And I happened to, dude, I happened upon swells. It was unreal, dude. I mean that in Scorpion Bay, but In Swam, Morocco, dude. I'm dreaming, dreaming to go back, like because it, it's like such an easy paddle out. You like walk to this lighthouse, and you just walk around this little set of rocks, and you just paddle like fucking fifty feet. And you're in the outside, and then you take a fucking three foot of a, a, a wave that's like 300 yards long, and when you you get do as many turns as you can or whatever, and ride the thing until you fall off the wave due to, to being tired, yeah. and then you see that wave you're just on go for another football field. It's like the best fucking feeling, man. You're like I, and you just you never want to get out of the water. So I was fortunate enough to surf that fucking wave, and I really want to go back with Danny. Have you ever seen a little skit that Alyssa did for Nar Hunters and Burnett was in it? Is at the skate park and they were Rob Welsh. It was like things that surfers say or whatever yeah, like that. Yeah. Like yeah. shit like that is so needed. Like, like it's so <laughs> different than skating. Like it's like imagine being at a skate park or you're at the spot with your friends and you just see like say you're skating ledges or whatever, and you just see this ledge from far away coming towards you. <laughs> and you're you're battling your friends to get that ledge like yeah. it's like a battle like you're like i totally. want it no i want it like I okay you're ledge, closer or whatever it's what weird man like that thing. it's so different like your spot comes and goes like that so that's why people like to surf by themselves sometimes right yeah because they yeah. don't want to share the 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 glory or whatever well, i hate I, surf by myself dude i hate I, it i know i'd be scared 
I always surf by myself because I, I don't have that much time, you know, but uh, I feel like when I do go surf with a friend, I just ended up talking to him the whole time. No, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, let me, let me specify on that. I surf by myself all the time. I go out by myself, but I don't like surfing alone in the ocean. I don't oh, like being right. the only yeah. person out. It fucks me up. Like I just, just you and Sharky. Sharks and yeah. I just, I just really don't. Sometimes it's nice just to be all like relaxed and thinking in your own head and stuff like that. But, it depends. I guess it depends on where I'm at. I don't mind, like in Max, where I was, where I live and stuff. I like, I'll go out alone. There's no one out, and I'm fine. Like I can croquet, Danny, or but so even then, like if I'm in, I was in front of my old house or whatever, like and I'm surfing by myself. No one's out. I'm still like looking around, going, "Fuck, dude, there could be a tiger shark here. There could be a hammerhead, like or whatever. Like it's not great bites down there." But I always get that weird thought of like, "What if I or what if my board hits me on the head and no one's there to help me?" You know what I'm saying? Like I think about that. Yeah, Absolutely. it's your imagination. If you have a good imagination, serving by yourself is scary. Yeah, for sure. Because you can just imagine, like, looking in the water, and you could actually see, you know, like, you can make yourself see. Shadows. Uh, yeah. it's for sure, dude. Like, yeah. when a wave breaks, and the, all the, it's like, it's all the, on the, the sands being tumbled, and it looks like this big, dark, gnarly shadow. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I often <laughs> surf, like, well into the night. Um. And there's always like, you know, one other guy out. And if it's good, you don't want to go in, right? Hell no. So like, be like, all right, that guy's still out. I'm going to get one more. For sure. Yeah. And that guy went in, like, I'm going it's in. Stuck. You know? There's nothing coming. You're like, fuck. <laughs> Being in the ocean when it's dark out is a trip. Yeah, fuck that. I hate that. We went swimming with manta rays in, in Hawaii with Chris Sen, And it was so scary just even being in there. Like, you're just like, wait. The manta rays are attracted to the plankton. So that's why they're here. Why is it something bigger than the manta rays going to be attracted? Yeah. Danny, how old were you when you shaped your first board? It was like nine years ago. No, it was 2000. It was 10. 2010. So 12 years ago. Was that when I, did I meet you in 2010? Did we meet at the skate park roundup? I want to say yes. Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, so how, and I'm just like, have you ever seen the movie fucking Teen Wolf? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was pissed, dude. If you watch that clip, Escape Park Roundup. Um, what? A, what? <laughs> oh, was that like, what that was from? Yeah, there's the Escape Park wow, Roundup. Wow, what an asshole. Dude, you're like, have you ever seen Teen Wolf? And, and Danny's losing, you're like, no. Dude, I fucking. That was, I was before I stopped drinking. I, was I don't remember that, but. I love it. I, like, I was bummed watching us. I was, I was like, like oh, no. I, I shake my head no, not because I hadn't seen the movie. It's because I was just like, how dare you? Like, no. how dare you say that? <laughs> By the way, I was Teen Wolf yesterday. No. Yeah. <laughs> but not today. Why? Because of Schmitty. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's Schmitty. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Dude, that was funny, man. Things you don't know about Sean Stewart that uh, he got on OJ on Danny DeCola's <laughs> word that day at Skate Park Roundup at the Paula Park. I can't believe that's on video. Oh, at the uh huh. That was that was. I think that was, that day I did like follow filming with you at the other park, not Oside, because I think the cops came and got kicked us out of Oside. Then we went to the Indian Reservation. Paula. And, and that's where we did like some follow lines, like frontside airs over like transfers and stuff. Danny yeah. was ripping. He was doing, I don't think I knew Frex then either. I think I met all y'all at that day. 
I met Frex that day, and I and fucking, Pat. I met Frex, and on on Danny's vouch, he was like, "Look at his part." I already said he could be on the team, just because Danny said he's good or whatever. He's rad. He's a good guy. I was like, "All right, he's on." And then I went home that night and I watched both of their parts, and I I literally had to like change my 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 boxer shorts. It was insane, like damn, like that, dude. I was like, "These guys are so good, dude." It was cool, man. I was stoked. Yeah, Frex in the city, dude. Who knew? Fucking rips, man. First time meeting you and first time meeting P-Stone and first time meeting Phelps. It was, yeah. P-Stone raced Sipnewski like ran. (laughs) I still got that clip rule. What was it? P-Stone challenged Dave Sipnewski to a race race. like running. And Dave Sipnewski was like a full workout at that time. He was like going to uh, Shishitsu or whatever it's called. Uh, shit to peppers karate style whatever like he thought he was and preston's racing him and halfway through the race preston turns around he's running backwards laughing (laughs) it's a day smoked him it was so good you're like hey drunk drunk off his ass and he's still beat the workout guy running (laughs) like we were dying we're like dave come on stoney was Fucking his physical, his physical, his prowess was next level. You're like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like he looks doughy. He looks doughy and everything. And then you touch him, he's like a fucking rock. <laughs> I, I'd like to have him and Frex in a, a GPS contest. Ooh, that would be yeah. a fight. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Peastone, hey, you know why? Because Peastone does not like competition when it comes to giving directions. He's like, he'll, dude, he gets really offended. <laughs> Come on. Hey, don't listen to him. I, I've been here 43 times. I right, know right. it's up here on the right. Just don't listen to him. Don't listen to Crescent, him. I got, I got Butte. this one. Crescent Butte, 97. I know this. <laughs> you go left, you go left on Aspen yeah. Boulevard. You make a right, right down. You know, I'm there. We're downtown. Yeah, Preston, Preston would win that shit. Oh, for sure. Not everywhere. So, for sure. so long story rerouted back to 2010 where you start <laughs> shaping boards oh, for yeah. the first time. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Cranny got me. This is this is kind of how I started shaping. The there was a Rhino shot a photo of me in a pool doing a <laughs> lean air. And there's a fo- there's a sticker under my wheel that you can't tell what it is. It's like reddish orange sticker. And it wasn't an OJ sticker, but it looked like it was kind of thing. And I was trying to get Cranny was trying to get me photo incentive for it, basically. <laughs> and he couldn't get it done, you know? Oh, wow. Couldn't get it done. So he's like, right. he bought me a surfboard blank. And I was just like, sick, dude. What the fuck am I going to do card. with this thing? What am I going <laughs> to do with this thing? And um, that's how I started shaping. I shaped my first board, and I, I, I was pretty good at it. I ended up being okay at it my first go around, and I, I had fun doing it. So I just kept shaping and shaping. Did that like, kind of become an obsessive thing like the wheelbase? Oh, more than, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's every... every Like you said, every eighth of an inch matters so much in these yeah. different increments, yeah? And, and you can test your craft, you know? It's like, if you had the op- option to shape your own skateboard trucks to turn a certain way, uh-huh. you choose that option, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. Dude, let me touch on that real quick, because I... <laughs> Okay, see, that was the type of fucker I was. Like, I didn't care if you didn't have a fucking OJ sticker on. I would give. I would just try to mm-hmm. weasel the photo set for a guy because I know he needed the money or whatever. You know, I, I love my my guys. So I got him a surfboard. I was a blank, and I bought myself a blank. 
because I wanted to learn. We were I was hanging with this dude named Milford at the time up in Oceanside, <laughs> and he was a he knew how to shape and stuff. He was making boards and whatever. So you know, I met him through Lance Conklin and fucking um, Donnie. I was just like, let's. I got him a blank. I got let's shape some boards. That was my surf. We we both shaped our first boards together. And if it wasn't for Donnie, my board would have came out way worse because I'm ADD as it gets, and I just can't focus on shit like that and my attention to detail. And I'm not as good as – I'm not really good up with my hands on, like, construction stuff and, and forming and doing stuff like that. But Danny's a natural at it. I think it runs in his blood. And um, so we shaped our first boards together, and we shaped more, continued to shape more. I think I shaped – I only shaped a total of four boards. And um, my, my last board <laughs> – Last board I shaped was a six, whatever the fuck it was, a six pin. It was like a weird pintail thing. And I took it to Hawaii to the airport in San Diego. Remember this, Dan? Yeah. And when Kowski showed up late, I and I was trying to jam all these boards in a surfboard bag, but they wouldn't let us bring them all. I had my brand new board I had never ridden. It was a six four or six six. I have it right now, but I got it back finally. But I never got to ride it. And, and when Kowski's brother was there in the airport dropping him off and he I couldn't bring it with us to Hawaii. So he, when Kelsey's brother took it um, and kept it for me, but he, whatever, I was, it was like five, seven, eight, ten years, eight years later. He like, dude, I have this board. And he, I guess he left, he let somebody use the board and it came back looking like a piece of banana bread. Someone stepped <laughs> on him. Yeah. And like, a, like the whole stringer is like a spine, dude. It was like, I put like, the smallest amount of, re of resin on it to glass. Yeah. Well, Smitty, we were we were glassing our own boards as well. I mean, yeah. We were we were doing the whole process of putting fiberglass and resin on it. Yeah. Like making our own fins, doing everything. So we didn't really know exactly what we were doing. So we would just put like one layer of thin cloth and just <laughs> glass it, you know, and probably high off the resin fumes and stuff. For sure. So I'll that board is probably you could probably take your thumb and just pierce it. Right. Oh, uh, for sure, man. Yeah. But Case in point of that was, I'm so glad that I, I did that with Danny because, like I said, he's a natural with his hands. He can make concrete. He can make ramps. He can make whatever he wants. And when he started shaping surfboards, like, he just took right to it. And, uh, fuck, man, look at him now. He's, he's like a pro to me. And a lot of people, he's like a pro surfboard builder. He's so fucking no. good. No, I'm, I'm not. Well, whatever, Danny. I'm just saying. I know you people always are hard on themselves, but you're like, you, you like, Okay, well, your talent has, like, skyrocketed since your first board, and, like, I'm so proud of you for what you're doing. And, um, man, it's, it's it's really cool to have, like, been there at the very beginning times and doing our weird color resonating and seeing what you're doing now. So, congrats, Thanks Mom. Thanks for uh, getting me into it, pal. No, of course, baby. So, did doing the shapes lead into all these other cool little things? Like, I seen Cranny sent me a photo of this pineapple you made and you're doing like a bunch yeah. of cool shit. Was that all sparked that from this? That stemmed from making my first surfboard fins. How cool. The first board I shaped, I made a, a quad set, four fins for the board. And uh, I made it out of a skateboard and, and it ended up being really good for surfboard fins, like maple, flexible, you know? I made it really thin and they were really flexible, perfect for surfboard fin. But they, they turned out I liked how they turned out, so I just kept using skateboards for, you know, I kept saving all my boards and using So them for you fins. use recycled skateboards for the actual fin? For the fins. Wow. I ended up getting a bunch of skateboards that had no concave pressed into them, so they were so easy to use. Ah, okay. they weren't. They were, they were repurposed from the skate factory, but they weren't used skateboards. 
So I didn't have to sand off anything and like, I didn't have to cut through concave game changer, but. Hmm. And shout out, shout out hungry, angry. Shout Dude, out. Dude, Andy did that. I've never seen anybody do that with, with skateboarders to make them fancy. And I tried, I tried to do it with one set. It, dude, it took me so long. It's seriously not easy to do that shit. So the way he does it, it's beautiful, man. So that, that's a that's a talent right there. Sorry, my mom. My mom just came home and want to make sure. She- Hi. Hi, babe. My mom. Look, my Hi. gorgeous mom. Hello. Best Hi. Girl. How you doing? Annie, that's Schmitty. Hi. Do you remember Schmitty? Schmitty. I know Schmitty. Yeah. 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 Sorry, guys. I had, to, I had to give my mom some props there. Shout out, mom. Shout out. Well, awesome. I got I got a challenge for Cranny. What's up? Danny's got something called the tinfoil surprise. What? What is it? God damn it. Am I allowed one hint? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you need a hint, you need a hint. Tinfoil surprise? Yeah, it's something rad that he cooks on a campfire. Give it to me. Go ahead. Shoot. What is it, Danny? Um, it, it's, it's probably going to be just like a, uh, a makeshift chili relleno. I get, I just get, um, what are they? Like Pabano peppers, string cheese. <laughs> and I mean, you cut the, the top off the pepper and you, and you just throw a string cheese right in there. It's already <laughs> cut to the shape, you know? Yes. And I, I never did it full on, but you could do it with egg and do a full on chili relleno, but. Just right. the grilled chili relleno with the cheese in it. That's that's oh. that's what I can think of. Dude, that's so good sounding. What's the stick stew? Oh, the stick stew, man. Yeah, that was that was just keeping it really budget on a trip, you know. And just that's how we like, like it. Just getting ninety nine cent store cans of chili. Woo. And I think the stick stew was just I was just stirring it with a stick. Okay. So that's why it was called stick stew. We would just get the cheddar worst dogs all the time. Oh, those were, yeah. You thought you were living so large when you had a little cheese inside the hot yeah. dog. Yeah. Gnarly cheese. Gnarly. Yeah. So fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cranny was uh, mentioning the swiveler van. Oh, yeah. yeah the, uh, the, the, the 80s Toyota vans. Had one of those. It was an eighty, it was an eighty-five Toyota van, and I loved it. It, it can do turn on a dime, dude. And, on uh, a dime, you can load it up with like twelve-foot long pieces of lumber. Um, all the all you can put all your friends in the back of it. Oh it's wow! It's like the ultimate curb alert, fucking mobile. It's was a it small tr- van too. Was They're it small. trustworthy? Could you take it miles? I've taken it to like Big Sur and stuff like that, way down into Mexico. Like I've taken it up oh, to Big yeah. Sur and probably equally as south down into Mexico. So yeah, it was pretty reliable. Okay. I love that van. After I seen Danny, I can get being in. I'm like, dude, I would run one of these. I've seen them like they're expensive when they because they can get the swivelers. There's like Mitsubishi makes them too, and there's like four by four versions with a lifted like the big tires and shit. I'm like, damn, dude. Imagine I had both. Like, I had the Mitsubishi. That's after right. the Toyota, same That's same right. style. You sit in front of the wheels. You basically sit on top of the wheels. Yeah. Right. In the engine, it's pretty dangerous. But I mean, you sit up high like a bus. Yeah, my dad it's had just, that one. It's so much fun to drive. With like so a, what, sick drive, dude. The oval window in the back on the side. It's almost like the Scooby Doo like uh, mystery van or whatever. Such good visibility. 
It's shorter though. It's yeah. not like Scooby Doo Mystery Van was like a fucking. It's like an Econo line. Econo line. This is yeah. like a totally different animal, way shorter. Okay. Uh, Danny, what was it like doing that out there for Thrasher? Um, you kind of got pretty personal in 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 that, and that must have been challenging little situation for you to talk about that stuff in depth during that time and whatnot. Like, how um, how was that? It- it really wasn't because it's been it was so so many years oh. went by before that video. So oh. it was actually it was a big weight off my shoulders, if anything. Oh, it wasn't like new. At no, that it time. wasn't. Ha- it was hard to like line it up more than to talk about it. OK, because it's just part of my life, you know, uh-huh. and, I, and, I, and I'm not trying to hide it. I just didn't want to bum other people out, basically. Yeah, it seemed like you were kind of is what you were is what your mentality was that you didn't want to like, like, I don't want to tell Cranny because I don't want him to worry about me. Yeah, because I didn't know what the the end result was going to be. So I don't want to scare anyone else. And like there was times on that that second Hawaii trip we were on. I went on multiple trips before I told people about it. And I was like, all right, this is the trip. I'm just going to tell everybody that I have MS and it's just going to be easy. I'm going to tell everyone and people are going to be like, cool, let's, let's keep going. And I remember like, I went out to like, to where everyone was partying, like everyone was playing dice and stuff. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'm just going to interrupt everyone and tell them some shitty stuff. <laughs> and I was like, skip it, man. I'm like, who cares? So, uh, but I was, never I was having like the right place or the right time. It never really is, you know? So yeah, this is cause I mean, you know, you're asking about it and, and it is, part of my life that I deal with. Yeah. And um, I'm just really fortunate that I don't have a severe case of it. Yeah, me too, dog. You deal with it. Like you said, sorry to interrupt, but you deal with it really well. And honestly, like that was such a crushing thing for me to hear. And um, because I care about you so much and I want you around for it till as long as I'm around or more, obviously you're gonna be around more than I am because I'm fucking older, but (laughs) I just like, when you said the, when I heard that, which was like, holy fuck. And the way Danny has like managed it and, yeah. um, and continued to fucking rip his ass off at everything he does, like with having, you know, MS is just such a super gnarly, you know, thing to deal with. Like, I'm so proud of you. And, um, and I'm stoked, man, that like you're still out there just getting it, dude. You're like, you know, like, so, so Thanks. big up for that, babe. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it was just something that it, it, I just wanted to keep it to myself until I couldn't hide it, you know? Right. And I got kind of tired of lying to people like, oh, I can't, I can't come skate because uh, I have to go to the dentist if, right. I was, if I was having a bad day or, you know? Right. Right. So, I remember when you were in town, you guys were both in town and I had like just told Cranny about it and stuff like that and you and, um, Dude, yeah, like I got invited to skate your hobble's ramp. Like your hobble just hit me up out of nowhere. That's fucking cancer, fucking damn. To skate, and I I couldn't go. You know, and I was just like, fuck. But shit like that, you know, it's like, right. well, I can't go. I'm not gonna tell him why I can't go. Yeah, right. Okay. What new uh, positive perspective have you gotten since being diagnosed? Like, what have you learned? And like what could you say about that? Like, is there something that you could tell people that if they got it, 
that you've learned in information or anything or like how you keep positive and in, in your mantras? Uh, if anything, yeah, I feel like it's been also kind of a blessing in disguise to just take better, better care of my body. You know, I used to, I used to party, you know, and I, I don't anymore unless, you know, duty calls, right. but, um, <laughs> yeah, like I, it's, it's just, you, I take better care of my body. I have a lot more empathy towards people that are disabled, you know? And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a, I'm a better person because of it. I feel like, okay, because I have to go and get my infusions once a month. And I, I get to see people that are really di- like dying, you know? So if I saw that person out on the street, I wouldn't think they had anything going on. So somebody's, everyone's got something going on, you know? So that's the way I, I take it. Like, absolutely. You can't really like make fun of somebody for something. Cause you don't know what the hell is going on inside of them. Absolutely. Does it help having your wife be a nurse? Like, is she like more, I guess she would probably be less fear factor because she's kind of in tune with medicine and how everything works and stuff. Yeah. She explains to me what's going on because it's so confusing. You know what I mean? Like, cool. She explains to me what is happening technically, you know, with all the freaking like red blood cells and all that stuff, you know? Right. So, um, all right. Shout out. Laura, big love, Laura. Yeah. Shout well, out. I thought Mike Gilbert did a great job. Yeah, he, he did a really good job and he made it like really deep. Like I didn't think it was going to be that serious and I didn't think that people were going to get sad about it. Oh, no. But that's people his, did, you man, know, and I didn't want that. I didn't. That's why I didn't tell anyone in the first place, you know, right. I didn't want people to be bummed out. So totally. I mean, at the end of it, it flips around and, you know, it turns into a better, happier thing. But the first like three quarters is just like pretty, pretty down. Yeah. Mike created that whole, um, the, the thing called out there, like that whole category. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I didn't know that he put a lot of time and energy in making it kind of an emotional uh, ride of, of a skateboarder. And, uh, the ones he's done are definitely, you can tell where he put his, his print on those there yeah. I, I was just like that's cool hey i get it but wow how do you get the person because to me it's like let's say i didn't know you that well how am i gonna get you to talk about these really deep things and stuff that's an that's pretty that's an art form in itself no, yeah. yeah he 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 was just he's he's she's a professional yeah you know you're right Constant. and uh, he would follow me he followed me to school he followed me to the hospital just to get uh, the shots you know like yeah he came on two different surf sessions Rad. He hired my friend ed to shoot water photography so he had that angle oh no way yeah okay. like, that's that's that ride from huh that barrel ride you were in yeah that you sent me a long time ago you just pulling on the sickest little tube was that in there i forgot I yeah that was in that was in the the thing yeah fuck that was a great angle uh did you guys see that grindland documentary <clears throat> not yet really Ooh. i i don't uh, watch it no more schmitty i don't uh, i'm in the it. same boat i'm in the same boat like i need i'm not just gonna start playing it while my daughter's like tugging on my arm like i need to like headphones right you need like to lock the door and have like two blocks boxes of kleenex yeah d- yeah i know it's really it's like that i cry yeah that's what oh, i heard man. i'm sure mom yeah, dude. Dude. Oh, there's like some killer stories and yeah dude it's it's 
I haven't watched it, not because of that. I just I just don't watch stuff that much anymore. And but yeah. I do. I, it's, I, it's like an it's at least an hour. You need to have some time on your hands for sure. I need a big old spliff and um, some tissues for sure. Yep. Maybe set it up almost like a um, a date. Like okay, next Thursday night I'm gonna do this. Right. And like yeah. yeah, it's not a spur of the moment thing. I don't think. I think you want right. to be. Like in I the just right recently mindset. watched the creature video like a month after it came out, just because. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared, <laughs> you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. So I finally watched I, I it. Seen it, dude. I saw some of it. I seen some I of it. Who, who's the winner? The one. Shoot, that's a very, very good question. I saw Darren's I'm, shit. I saw, I, saw, I heard Kevin Brockle had a really dude, good Dude, Brockle's, I'm not, Brockle, Beckle. Beckle, Beckle, Beckle. Just um, maxed out gnarliness the, all the way through. Yeah, yeah. That, I that dude, uh, Skater of the Year, Milton Martinez. Yeah, just everything is just to freaking to eleven like videos yeah, uh, these days. It's just like yeah, Cody Lockwood has always been gnarly. Oh my but, god! Uh, yeah, it's fucking insane the stuff he's doing, dude. Gnarly Unimaginable stuff. Nolly big flip nose pick. <laughs> what else do we? What you got? Something for Daddy that we haven't covered, Alex? I mean, we covered we covered a lot of shit right now, and I know once we like, stop so. this thing, I'm gonna remember. Maybe you don't want to talk about this and we can always cut, edit anything out. But yeah, yeah, I, I just feel like Danny is such a fucking like a natural. Like I was talking about with his hands and what he can do and create shit like the pineapple. Yeah. And, what are you doing? Are you selling any of that stuff? And or is he uh, doing? <laughs> I, I sold I sold probably about like seven or eight pineapples. Cranny has one of them here with me finished. Art is is kind of kind of hard for me. I can't really stay focused on one thing. Like I think I could probably make a bit of money if I just, all I did was make those pineapples, you know? Right. People love those. But I mean, I've always been, you want to mix it up. I have to mix it up or I'll get burnt. Like if all I did was skate, I probably would have stopped skating a while ago. Cause I would just, you know, you can't do everything all the time. So, so now like, instead of being like, okay like surfing's not cool i just want to skate i you know they're both cool i can do some this time and do some another day and uh but yeah our artwork is is it's hard man like something that you think is really cool it's just your opinion you know right totally what you think it's worth isn't what it's worth you know but would you or would you not say that you are your worst critic like if you if you actually like it do most people, other people like it? A lot of times you're like blowing your brains out over some minute thing that only you can see. Yeah. You know, everyone else is like, what are you talking about? You're like, eh! and you're like yeah. fucking losing your mind. And it takes two weeks to correct this thing that no one else could see. And I, yeah. I have that in my brain. Like, yeah, it, I, mean, I, I don't right. see the obvious and then I'll see the unobvious. If there, if you, if there's somebody out there that they aren't their worst critic, then it kind of shows you know right yeah exactly um, but like i did this carving once of a it was this recycled skateboard and i did this carving through so many layers <clears throat> so many hours and then when i stepped back and look at it like all i saw was just like dicks everywhere and i'm just like <laughs> dick here ball and i'm just like how did this happen like i didn't you know like and i was just like you know I like, maybe some lady will want to buy this for a lot of money, but 
I had to redo it. I just freaking trashed it, man. Like I carved all the way through it. Yeah. But yeah, I get in the zone when it comes to it's sculpting, you know? Right. It's like, yeah, the shaping surfboards and the artwork that I like to do, it's all sculpture. Mm -hmm. So you get lost in it. You can really just, just put your head down and like think about your life and yeah, it's kind of therapeutic. That's what we need. I mean, during these times, whatever you believe in, yay, nay, or maybe in the middle, like this COVID thing, like what, whether it's the flu or if it's more than that, it's been a challenge for everybody in life to live. And like, we need some fucking positive reinforcement. We need some mantras that like help us not go into the anxiety or depression route. Like it's, it's, it's definitely been weighing on a lot of people that mean a lot to me and myself. Like I just, I've, I've been really challenging myself to like stay out of rabbit holes and and just be like, yeah, yeah, I, it sucks, but fucking this doesn't suck or whatever. Like right. those things are really cool to talk to people about though. Like, you know, like if, you know, the breathing one is kind of the one that everyone talks about, but if you, have a trick or something that like helps you and you're like, have you ever done this? And then all of a sudden that helps like three other people that is so powerful in itself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That stuff I think is, is, is really in line with anxiety where the more busy I am, the less anxious I am. As like a parting note or whatever, if I could, I just want to say um, to me, I'm glad you, I'm really stoked you did this interview this podcast with Danny Decola because to me, I've said this for a long time. Like Danny is my favorite skater. And like, honestly, he's like top five. I put him in six. Remember once in my podcast, I think Danny was in like top six, Sam, it was a bunch of naughty guys, but he, he's like one of my, to me, Danny is the consummate skateboarder, you know, and life liver because he, he embodies skateboarding to me because it comes from surfing He's an amazing surfer. He's a talent. He isn't a pussy. He's like that because skateboarding is raw, dude. Fuck this new world that we live in in skateboarding. It, like it, we did it in the eighties and nineties and stuff like that. And when it wasn't fucking soft, you know. And Danny still has that element in him, a hundred percent. And um, style, hum- humility, complete humble human being, but knows his self worth. Ripper extraordinaire to me, he's like the total package of a skateboarder. And I, and I, and I'm so stoked to call him one of my best homies and to have had the experiences I've had with you, Danny. I love you. And I'm so do this stuff, you know, right now, like, fuck man, this is important shit. So I'm glad you we got to cover some, a part of, of Danny to call his life because he's, uh, he is important to skateboarding. You're far too kind. Cause <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, been looking forward to it for a while. We've been talking about it in the text lines going back and forth. So I'm glad it came, you know, it's actually happened and stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. Thank you for making it happen. Dude, thanks for doing it. This has been my vessel for like connecting with people. I haven't sure. traveled much at all. I haven't done or gone anywhere in three years. I've, I, I went to San Diego once me and Cheryl have taken some like weekend getaway drives and stuff. I haven't been on a plane once. Like we're going to Hawaii in February, that'll be the first time I get on a plane in three years. So it's just super. I never take for granted the time I spend with special people. You guys are both special to me. And like, I just always appreciate like the minutes, the hours, the whatever it is, our trips, our 
our texts, all that stuff is just yeah. like, you know, we're getting older and we're getting more in tune by losing some of these people too soon. And and I yeah. think it just is helping us really understand how like each moment is very special. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. So yeah, that's, that's totally true, man. And Cranny's always been ahead of the game when it comes to like telling your friends that you love, I love you, you know, and stuff like that. Like oftentimes right. when people die, there's someone commenting on their Instagram after they've gone, telling them how much they mean to them and stuff like that. But you should be saying that now while they they can oh. hear it and when you feel it. it think you know? it, think it. So thank you, Cranny, for being like that. Cause I try to be like that as well. And uh, <laughs> it, it's good to do. Cranny is definitely like a weather vane. He like connects a lot of people too. like he, you know, Cranny's kind of the same type of person that like Preston was where it's like Cranny stoked on somebody and he brings that person to somebody else. And now they're a bigger group because yeah. of like Cranny's res people have respect for how he thinks about people. And I feel sure. like that, like that OJ stuff was, I mean, dude, how many trips were around someone's birthday? Like it was always a trip and it was always such a rad experience just to go on a trip. But Cranny made it like extra special by like, and it's to call his birthday. And we're giving peace stone his wheel for the first time. Like there was always like, and we're going to the beach no matter what. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there, it was just like the whipped cream stacks were just done. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, I feel like, and thank you, you guys. That's hum I fucking hum I appreciate that. You guys say that. That's super sweet of you to say something like that. And I love you guys. Um, it, it was just natural, you know. Like we're all homies. And I wanted to have the best time ever, and 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 not be all business, you know. Because I, mean? I knew that the crew that we had assembled, <clears throat> it shit was gonna go down, you know. Like the, you guys are just rippers, and if we have the best time while we're out ripping. I, you know, like no one wants to be under the pressure cooker, dude. Fuck out of here, dude. Let's, let's just have fun and watch organically watch what happens. And every time we got something bitching, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So like, it worked out like that's why fuck with the recipe when it's already working. We're going to do a two week long trip. One week we're going to skate. The next week we're going to surf. We're going to eat some good <laughs> meals and fucking, oh, for sure. and tell my card is maxed out. We fucking eat the best food and, or the good food day and, two. It's maxed out day two. <laughs> day two, but I got a spare card <laughs> and I got somebody, I got somebody in account that I call. can call to fucking open up this card. <laughs> Plus I got a pocket full of shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. And I got, Hella product in the back being hustle for shit. Yeah. So we good. All right, Cranny, what song is Decola gonna end this with? Oh my god, dude. That's so hard to say. I'm thinking like Night Moves by Bob Seeger or <laughs> no, I'm joking there. Um shit, dude. September night, October night by which I don't I forgot what the hell that song's called. I don't know, dude. You stumped me. Stop right. the nuck. What what do we got, Danny? Uh I just I'll just throw one out that I've been listening to and it's come called it's a song by Velvet Fog and it's a it's a redo of a Clapton song or a cream song, I'm so glad by <sighs> Velvet Fog. Kinda takes about two and a half minutes to get going, but once it's going, it's got some it's got some surf rock sound, some psychedelic rock, and uh 
yeah, it's Clapton lyrics. So, dude, Velvet Fog. That means that's kind of like a dude who had a bunch of beat, like a beat salad the night before, and then <laughs> fucking he's farting that next morning. Just Velvet Fog off the log. Yeah, and and they'll be opening next week for my band, Urine Trouble. Urine. <laughs> yeah, trouble. and it's funny you say that. Urine Trouble is actually <laughs> has they have headlined one time for my old best friends band, Ray Quagle. He was he was the bassist actually for these guys. Um, toggle Drama. <laughs> yeah. You'll see they're electric, but they're great. Speaking of urine. You didn't see me do this, did you? Whoa! Look I at filled that this magic one up, trick. and I ran out of ran out of space, so I had to fill up the Shut coffee the cup. You guys didn't off. see me do that, did hey, you? Hey, but guess what, Danny? You're in. Guess what? Brand, look, look under the table. I got my GoPro <laughs> set up. <laughs> that Danny to call it piss angle. Uh, <laughs> holy shit, dude! I think we did it. Man, that was two hours right there. That was six hours, and you came in four hours late. So well, I, came in, I came in at two o'clock, so for me it was two, two, two hours and fifteen minutes. How many? What? What do you think the over under is on how many trips you had to go back to the van before you could start whatever the session was happening? Like, oops, I forgot this. Go back, get it, come back. Oh, fuck, I forgot. Yeah. I mean. Not many, to be honest, because I was just, I mean, weed and papers and stuff like that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll go three. We'll go three. Ding! We'll three's go my lucky three. number, too. And favorite skate park? Danny? Uh, Favorite skate park? I got two in my mind. You go first. Okay, I got two. Well, what do you think? Right away, I got, I mean, the first one that popped in my head, and it's not, it is a skate park. It's in... It's in Florianopolis, Brazil. It's called Club Dois. And is that Pedro's it, backyard? It's the snake run. The, it looks like it's from the Flintstones. And I fucking super eight filmed it. I went there by myself. And I was with these Danish guys. And they ripped. And um, it's called Club Dois. And it has a gnarly snake run that you go a million miles an hour down. And you, it's so rough and gnarly. It's like wallows times five. And then you end up in a concrete vert ramp. And that was just from the pure gnarliness of it and it's so steep and everything that is number one i'm thinking and then number two newberg oregon dude fuck s dreamland get red you're the man i went there with dude it was crazy with lance and fucking neil and lance conklin that, and lance that was the biggest skate park in the country for a while dude, tony trujillo Fucking my one of my one of my favorite photos of all time when he's got the helmet in his hand doing a fucking a, a grasser or whatever bitch slap a method air or whatever you want to call it over the hip with mm. the helmet in his hand like and like just so much Peter and Lance annihilated that park like that park has so many fun options and it was so unique that's that's my that's one of my favorite parts of all time for sure. For me, it, it, like I'm terrible, but I don't I don't remember a lot of the names of them, but they would have been on OJ trips. <clears throat> with cranny driving behind the wheel. Um, but yeah, just, just all the parks up in the Northwest are just, I can't, so I can't, cool. I can't pick one. I really can't. I mean, that's hard. Dude, it's hard. And I haven't been like crazy places like you have with all these snake runs and stuff. Like I've never been, um, I know. Look at me show off boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say, I'll, I'll just say shore skate park. Yeah, sure. Dude. Park. Okay. That's, that's up there too. Top three. 
because of the family vibe and how sick it is and the new ball. Dude, Danny, the new ball, you'd fucking love, Holmes. That's good. I'm but just going to say Arcus shout out, shout out. One last Never shout been. out for me. I've done many shout outs on this thing, but shout out the Fernandez family. Shout out. Lalo, Emilio. Shout out. Uh, Miriam. Shout out. Yvonne and Ceci. Shout oh. out. And the newest addition to the family, Ukai. Shout out. So big love to that. Que onda, boy? Is that, is that Punta Mita? What's yeah. that? Yeah. Is that Punta Mita? Is that, uh, have they done more work on the park down there? Just that bowl that we got, that we were working on for the last couple of years. We built that clover, that clover Red side. did that one, right? And then they built this sick little funnel, actually, dude. It's Emilio, dude. Emilio is so good, man. Like, he's getting so good with his concrete skills. And he built this cool funnel loop thing that you can do you can like hit the loop and then roll into the deep end and it's really cool man it's a really really great scene down there nice well i love you guys i think i might have a little velvet fog still from the covid but uh (laughs) it's clearing up baby it's clearing up right i'm glad you're healthy baby let's fucking let's get it together sometime soon yeah man yeah guys man thanks Schmitty for making this happen, man. It was really, Thank you. really special. Love I you. Love you. All. I'll, see you. I'll see you soon. All right. Peace out. Peace out, my friends. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah.
glad, I'm so glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad. I'm so glad, I'm so glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, 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 Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.